This episode of the 10A Podcast is sponsored by TOC Public Relations, the only PR, marketing, and strategic communication firm that specializes in working with public safety agencies, associations, and businesses. TOCPR is also the parent company of Law Enforcement Social, which provides social media, PIO, and content creation training for all public safety. Be sure to check them out at TOCPublicRelations.com and LawEnforcement.Social. The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. This week on the 108 podcast, Punk Rock Cops 2, Skater Die with BC Sanders and Hey My Man Dave. So I could be bopping across this like eight lane highway, buy a pack of cigarettes. Kids are on their island because of social media and being able to talk on your phone they don't really do a lot of physical interaction to me it just felt like it was a, it was at home you know like all of a sudden this feels natural i definitely came from the absolute zero plan generation my only plan was to not be at the house you damn dumbasses you're sitting here talking about this art and you you scratched all the paint off the bottom of the board i made a battle jacket for my pomeranian Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 108 Podcast. I'm your host, 108, and today's episode is Punk Rock Cops 2 Skate or Die. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, we're going to flash back to November time when uh, my good friends BC Sanders and Dave from the Instagram page, Unit to Back, the Hey My Band podcast, and. I don't know, he's got so many different pages up there. They joined me and we talked about punk rock music. It was, I, I kind of thought it was just going to be a, a personal episode, you know, like something that I would enjoy, but maybe the fan base or, or whatever you want to call yourselves uh, wouldn't think the same way. And I was wrong. I was way wrong. You guys seemed to love it. So many people came out of the woodwork like, holy crap, I didn't know that there were other cops out here that like punk music and blah, 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 blah. Through that episode and through... Um, Publicly connecting with BC, I've been friends with BC for a while on Instagram. Uh, I met a lot of new guys, new new females, new people, all about punk rock music. It was absolutely amazing. So I decided we had to do punk rock two, punk rock cops two, and this time we're going to talk about skateboarding art and a bunch of other things. This is a great conversation coming up for you guys. But I just want to talk a little bit about music itself from my side of things. Um, because, you know, we're going to talk about punk rock specifically uh, throughout the, the conversation today, which is fine, you know. And I got into punk rock music much later in life. I'd say within the past 10 years or so, that was really when I found out what punk rock was. More on the pop punk side, but still like that, the classics, uh, Big Wig, Screech and Weasel, stuff like that. But for me, you know, as I... Uh, learned music because I feel like you know when you grow up you rely on what's around you you know you rely on what your parents listen to what your older siblings listen to what your friends listen to and uh 
I didn't really have that. You know, my parents were significantly older. They listened to country music. They listened to the solid rock and rock and roll oldies, you know. Um, they listened to, like, my mom was in the mainstream country. She listened to old school country. My dad was, like, big into old school country. But then there was also, like, 50s and 60s doo-wop and stuff like that. Great stuff, you know. And, um, but... It did, I remember I was I was big into country music when when my mom would listen to the original CMT when it was on TV and I, I used to like record videos like the way you would make a mixtape I would do with music videos you know and eventually as I started uh, listening to the radio more and like pop music or whatever I would listen to it I was actually first into rap like when I started breaking off into stuff that I would listen to on my own me and my buddies if you listen to the Back to Basics podcast. Um, the bonus episode a few weeks ago, we, we, me and Henry, we got into rap. That was the first thing we listened to. Uh, Nelly's country grammar was the first, one of the first CDs I bought. Um, you know, and, and I fell, uh, deep into that. Some Eminem, 50 cent G unit, stuff like that. And then it, it wasn't until probably my junior year in high school when Henry found, or he was given real big fishes cheer up that I fell in love with ska and it, I took it upon myself to kind of Google ska music and what bands are like Real Big Fish. And that's how I found Streetlight Manifesto, Less Than Jake, Catch-22, The Aquabats, so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, my band, we were in a band for... I was in a band for about two years, but the band continued on after I left. And, um, you know, we played with so many local hits. And if you listen back to the Back to Basics podcast from a few weeks ago... You'll hear like us name drop some bands from like the Connecticut, New Jersey, New York scene uh, from about 10 years ago now, you know, and, and that's kind of where it was. And then when I moved to Florida, I met up with a dude in Orlando, and that's where I really got into the bands that I mentioned before and how I found out, you know, what the queers were, what descendants were, things like that. And it's all just been the same. And I mean, if I took some time, I could see a correlation between like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons and where I am right now. There are some similarities, oddly enough. But anyway, I just wanted to touch that a little bit. If anyone ever wants to talk music, like I'm, I'm all for it. If ever anyone wants to share music, I'm all for it. I have a uh, Spotify playlist that I cultivated on my own. You can listen to it. Um, in your squad car, in the gym, on your own, whatever it is that you want to do, cutting the grass. If you go to Spotify and you type in 10-8 music, spell everything out, uh, it's there. If not, I will share the link in the episode this week. And uh, we have another playlist that I'll talk to you about after the interview, which is about two and a half hours. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you guys check that out. So here we go. Here is the 10-8 podcast, Punk Rock Cops 2, Skate or Die with BC Sanders. Hey, my man, Dave and me check it out
right, guys, here we go. We've got Punk Rock Cops 2, and uh, joining me tonight, we've already introduced them, but I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, we've got, hey, my man, Dave. What's going on, man? Hey, my man. <laughs> and we've got we've got BC Sanders. Oh, what's up, y'all? Not much. So we uh, we did this back in November. We got a lot of good feedback. I think we, like, kicked the hornet's nest. I didn't realize that there were going to be that many punk rock cops out there. Yeah. I, I, I only did only because of the, the sticker stuff. You know, when I started selling stickers, it, like people come out of the woodwork. And then I thought to myself, well, it's funny because I was marketing the stickers and I saw cops coming out of the woodwork that recognized what the stuff was. It was like, oh, that's cool. And then I thought, well, maybe I should also just market it in general and see, uh, you know, if I could make some money in the, the non-police market. And then I was like, eh, I don't know. Too, I don't want to, I don't need worlds colliding. Uh-huh. So I've, I've hesitated to do so. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of reaching a little too far. <laughs> yeah, that's how I I, I think we've, we've talked about it. But uh, Nako Nolan, I think that's mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. I first saw your stuff with unit in the back. And then from there, it's like you start to meet people through Instagram slowly. Yeah. And then when that episode, we did that episode, uh, a lot of people started just sending messages like, hey, I heard the episode, you know, and I'm. Like a lot of people are like, I'm stuck out here in the Midwest or like, uh, what dudes like I'm out here in Nebraska, <laughs> you know, like, not getting a whole lot of support. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the only dude, uh, you know, in my department that listens to punk or in hardcore. And it was just cool listening to the three of y'all talk about, uh, music and then transition. I'd forgotten. We kind of transitioned towards the end of the episode. We started talking a lot about, you know, police work, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it was just kind of like we had started out talking about music. Sure. Um, but no, it was, it was cool. I've, I've enjoyed it, man. Yeah, it's very cool. And even to this day, I mean, obviously I've been kind of hyping it up cause we were doing this t- tonight, but people still come up to me and go, or they'll meet me and be, or, you know, message me and say, Hey, I follow BC Sanders and I didn't realize blah, 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 blah. Or, Hey, I follow units back and I didn't realize. And it, it's all over the country. It's I've, I've talked to some international people, um, it's really cool. It's fun. And I'm even, and we'll get to it later when we do the, the listener questions, but even rookies are going, I didn't know I would, you know, there were punk rock skater cops. Like I didn't know that that was a thing. So mm-hmm. it's very cool. And, and we, <laughs> we need to hang on to the rookies. <laughs> you uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, like pull them under the little wing and, and, and take care of them uh, and, and keep them in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Espe- yeah especially if sure. we can just do it with music, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, it's the, the, the bridge over the gap, you know, because you'll have people with a lot of time on or mid time on and then the brand new guys. And I mean, it's it's a nice kind of thing to bond over that has nothing to do with Thin Blue Line and Punisher Schools. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but tonight we're going to do it a little different. Um, not really, but we're going to talk about a little side aspect of it. Now, this is not really my area of expertise. I'm just kind of the facilitator. So I'm going to lean on Dave and, and BC a lot more. But we're going to talk skateboarding a lot because that was a big thing that came up a lot and the art side of things because that also came up a bunch. So um, I guess we'll, we'll start with skateboarding What and, and types of uh, activities similar. And uh, so what was your guys like intro to that kind of culture? Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to let BC go first because I'm – I don't know. I'm, I'm 45 and I'm not, I don't know if you've re- revealed your age at a different point or not. So I don't know where we are. You know, on the I'll time you, <laughs> yeah, give, me a, I, give me, give me a between. I'll know. tell you this. I, I don't reveal my age, 
but I definitely know about when Bones Brigade started putting out uh, <laughs> videos on VHS, gotcha. Gotcha. and and I definitely remember uh, Zorlac skateboards. Okay, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, if that gives you a, a frame of reference. Well, j- just from our last podcast, I mean, I, I think you know you seem to have like a very, uh, although the atmosphere you came up in, there were different things going on, but it seemed like you you partook in. I don't know if partook is a word, but you partook, you part, you partook in none of the, uh, of anything that was going on. You weren't smoking cigarettes even, right. You weren't drinking beer. You weren't, you were, you were, you were, you were a pretty good kid among, you know, as good as good can be. So no, 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 no. I tried cigarettes. Oh Oh, yeah. I can take a little credit (laughs) and and I'm pretty sure I posted a picture, uh, from, from the era when I was, um, you know, packing them Marlboros and stuff. <laughs> uh, so I first got into Iron Maiden, Dio, Black Sabbath, like all that from the older kids. And the older kids were, and when I say older, I only mean like sixth grade and seventh grade kids at that time. And I was mm-hmm. about uh, fourth grade, right? So like nine years old. Or whatever. That's a huge Mullet. chasm though. What's that now? I mean, that's a huge chasm for that age group. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Oh, that yeah. is true. Oh yeah. So I'm, I've got like, you know, the mullet and, uh, so everybody is, is starting to get into smoking weed. Right. I don't, I don't really necessarily want to go that hardcore at, at like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my brother and I, we had started smoking my mom's cigarette butts mm-hmm. out of her ashtray. And then my brother's like, dude, you should just walk up to the gas station and tell him you're buying cigarettes from mom. And just bring them back to us. So I could be bopping across this like eight lane highway, buy a pack <laughs> of cigarettes, tell this guy Bucky, who was the clerk, like, hey, I'm buying these from my mom. Come be bopping back and burning them down. So I did that oh. for a little while. Yeah, we were smoking like that. And I mean, like the other kids are smoking weed. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like you got yeah. some, some rainbow in the dark or disturbing the priest, you know, blasting. And I'm, I'm puffing away on these cigarettes until... A friend of my mom's, you know, sees me crossing the highway, and then, uh, as they as they say in the south, you know, I got my ass whooped by, by my mom. But <laughs> well, but, like, yeah, that was the cigarette thing. Was like, she said, you know, I'm not, I'm not spanking because you smoke, you know, because she smoked. She's like, I'm spanking because you crossed the highway. Like, I'm not trying to get you killed <laughs> by playing Frogger out here, you know. So yeah, that that was my only. After that, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't. You I don't know, I this. I I didn't I didn't smoke until I was probably like. 17 almost 18 and you know i was playing in bands and people in the bands uh, people that i was in the bands with everybody would you know they all smoked and were taking smoke breaks and i just didn't my dad smoked i just thought it was gross i wasn't mm-hmm. into it and then when i got into it i i made up for lost time for sure uh, <laughs> but it's not something i it's not really something i did either so mm-hmm. i wasn't trying to paint you as like hey look, look at here's <laughs> you and here's me but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah no, no. i just i feel like uh not knowing specifically geographically where you grew up or, you know, mm-hmm. what, what that looked like. I, I mean, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, uh, 25 minutes from downtown Chicago, but I mean, uh, it was a world apart. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and it would, it was pretty undeveloped in the community I lived in at the time that, you know, all those years ago. So, you were pretty much stuck in your specific, you know, where you could skateboard to or ride a bike to or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I just had a conversation with my 17 year old son today where, you know, kids are on their Island because of social media and being mm-hmm. able to talk mm-hmm. on your phone. They don't really do a lot of physical interaction. Mm-hmm. And I always like, Hey, you know, why don't you go hang out at your buddy's house? And he's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're, 
we're talking on the phone or we're playing a video game or we're, we're FaceTiming. It's like my, my friends, it was sort of like, you know, uh, I liken it to like Eric Foreman's basement in the way that like, <laughs> it was just, there was just a squat that everybody hung out at. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. that people were doing yeah. drugs, but I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. doing anything and my friends mm-hmm. surely weren't doing anything, but we just decided to do nothing together. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly um, what it was like for me growing up too. We just went to my and, buddy's house and. But mm-hmm. it's it, it's funny because my wife is not of that mindset. She's just like, oh, you're not just going to go over to somebody's house and bother them and their parents. Like, you need to have a plan. <laughs> there has to be a plan. <laughs> right. And I was right. like, man, I can't. I want to talk. I definitely came from the absolute zero plan generation. My only plan was to not be at the house. Right. My parents, <laughs> yep, my yep. parents' plan was to not have me at the house. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Ours. Yeah. Ours was our our house was the neighborhood hangout. Okay. So, so like, you were saying, the like, spot. Yeah, yeah, our house was. Like, my mom was, like, just really outgoing, always really nice to everybody. People loved, like, talking to her. But, but at times, she was working uh, two jobs, so she wasn't always there. So everybody would come and, and hang out at our house. But it was one of those things where, like you said, you don't necessarily plan it. Like, you didn't just call someone up and be like, hey, I'm going to come over to your house, you know. It's right. like, dudes just show up and either sometimes knock on a door or – I mean, we were in the South, so if it was the summertime, your doors were open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, somebody would just come walking up and yell something through the screen door, you know, like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, I'd run up, grab my buddy, knock on my buddy Paul's door. Hey, could Paul come out? He'd come out. Then we'd rally together. We'd go to get this guy Don. Then we would go, you know, play baseball or do whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was the same routine every day. You'd Mm -hmm. go to one kid's house. You know, he might be in trouble. He's grounded or, you know, mom's saying he can't come out until whatever. All right, I'll be back in like 45 minutes to bang on the door again. But in the meantime, I'm going over to this kid's house. And you just didn't quit until you <laughs> yeah. found it. And, and then, there, you know, there was always those guys that nobody, he that, that ancillary buddy that everybody kind of kept around in case there was nobody else. <laughs> you might have ended up at that dude's house, but, you know. You don't really uh, want my, to. The line is you're not going home. Yeah. You're right. going to yeah. find somebody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So, so like, with the, the skateboarding aspect of it was, like, we all got into skating. And I don't even really remember – how like who necessarily was the first person that had like a legit skateboard like i, mm-hmm. I went and bought a um man i don't even know what you would call it It was like a see-through board it wasn't even like a veriflex or nash i mean it was like a no-name clear plastic like probably made in like 1971 or something mm-hmm. bought it at a flea market or at a uh a yard sale and just started kind of messing around on that and we all started getting bored yeah, because like of what What's that now? Because of what? Because of music or because? No, of- I don't. I have no idea. Like I, I always had money. Like I always worked and and would you know do yard work, cut grass, even like in third or fourth grade. But I remember spending my own money and getting this little board, and it just seemed like everybody had these little skateboards. But then all of a sudden, it was the year of Nash. Like mm-hmm. my brother got the Nash Executioner, which was the Dragon or whatever. Mm-hmm. I got just this straight up Nash wooden board with like a saw blade yeah maybe. i was just gonna I, say the, the three, yeah. three saw blades yeah yeah that's it so i got that and then we we kind of realized shit you can't really skate on these things man oh it's like a coffee table with wheels yeah 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 it did <laughs> there was we were fortunate that a there was a local skate shop with an actually pro skater who who skated for an actual board company and everybody would go to that to that place so once we heard about that we all started getting like legit skateboards. It's like my first skateboard was a JFA uh, by Placebo, I think it was mm-hmm. Placebo Skateboards. But it was like that was my introduction, you know, punk rock and skateboarding. And from there it was, you know, you get a skateboard. Sometimes we would trade them. 
Like I might trade a deck to somebody to keep my, my trucks and stuff, but we may trade a deck because it's so freaking expensive. Oh, you, yeah. you know I, what I mean? Like I, back then, we're the same, about the same age. So our, our boards back then were like 45 or $55 or oh, something. Yeah. I mean, that was, you might as well have, I mean, well, plus you had <laughs> you had to have you had to have risers and you had to have rails and nose bone you know that all, all the uh, <laughs> at all the first you did, yeah, right. yeah yeah at so, first you do and then you're like oh hold on a second like i just skated with a bunch of other kids and you know that one like daredevil goes i'm taking all this crap off or you <laughs> can't afford it or whatever and it's like oh he actually is is skating and and, and can do whatever he's trying to do and does it's not weighed down by plastic nose bones and yeah, I I, oh, I, I don't remember. How, I I happen I happen to think that probably so I my first board was a Veriflex Diablo, and it just was it was a Veriflex skateboard yellow with this like devil head on it, and and it, <laughs> I I just remember seeing it in the store, mm-hmm. and the artwork alone I was like I don't I mean if that's if I got a skateboard to get something with that graphic on it I guess I'll be a skateboarder, and it, it sort of happened that just yeah. that way you know i was just drawn to this artwork and i was like man that that's really flashy that's really that's super cool so uh, i convinced my parents to buy that but i want to say maybe one or two other buddies of mine i convinced to get skateboards or somehow they ended up and and we would go to the local video store and you know there was like um wheels of fire by santa cruz or like yes. these like very very early uh skate videos and it was like yeah. all they were was like dudes like doing downhills and like, you know, yeah. like skidding to slow down and, and like maybe ollieing from one semi truck to yeah. another. I remember a Corey O'Brien, like those <laughs> right. series uh-huh. something like that. And the, I'll tell you though, again, so the music and the artwork uh, early on, just, just all of it together. I was like, I was just hooked immediately because we were talking earlier. I was telling you uh, when we were getting ready to podcast, I, I was laying on the couch watching because a game got rained out. There's a Crosstown classic today. Cubs and Sox, and I ended up watching a, a 2007 Crosstown Classic game, and you were like, oh, you know, I wasn't really into baseball. And <laughs> yeah. uh, baseball was 1,000% everything to me uh, mm. until skateboarding came along. Mm-hmm. And then once skateboarding came along, skateboarding, I just, I'm, I have this, like, super obsessive personality. So I may, I, I definitely wasn't even close to being the best skateboarder, even around this area. Um, I was decent at best, but the fact is, is like, I was one of these people that was like, I knew the hit, I went and researched the history and knew about like, you know, the, the equipment and, and, and just like totally obsessed with everything. I used to have a, a bunch of shoe boxes where a guy would say, Oh, you know, I'm getting new wheels and I would take his wheels and his bearings and clean his bearings. And I've have I've had those set aside so I could mismatch this guy's trucks with this guy's trucks and always just have parts laying around and messing right. around with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately the artwork was, uh, was what I think the, the thing that first grabbed onto me and then the artwork and the music and the videos. And so now you have the artwork and the music and the, the videos. Uh, I don't know how I, I look at other people and I'm like, I don't understand how you can't just be this obsessed with this. And it's not, I'm again, 45 years old. I still watch, 90s skateboard videos at least you know bi-weekly so right yeah. it wasn't just like a fleeting hobby for you it was like a it, full-blown the physical obsession. act of skateboarding has been a like every couple years just like i'll pick up my guitars and i'll be i'll go to a show or something and i'll start playing i'll come home and i'll play my guitars for like two weeks straight and i'll be like yeah i'm probably gonna start a band <laughs> and then, I, <laughs> I, then my guitars and you, collect dust for and you go months. to the next thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so like we, we were talking about um, the art and everything. 
that was always like the running joke for us. And I want to say it was in, uh, was it Primitive Future? Like Bones Brigade, or, or mm-hmm. maybe it was Search for, for Animal Chin, where, Animal Chin, where the guy's like, oh, this is what skateboarding is really all about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like skulls and whatever. And it was like, that was always our running joke. But the truth be told, some of the best art that we loved anyway was Zorlat. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. like Puss Head and, and that type of artwork. And, and Vision had some really good boards then. Uh, at that time, like I skated a lot of Vision boards. Um, but the art side, the same thing, like like myself, my older brother, and then a buddy of ours, James Vaughn, who's like a well-known tattoo artist, was on a couple of seasons of Ink Masters. Like he, he was always into art as well. So it was, and it was one of those things, like you said, maybe that was part of what drew us to actually skating. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. the art, the whole scene of it, the music. Um, but I can remember everybody would just start drawing like, and everybody kind of had their own style. And then eventually as we got into school, people would take you know art classes. And that was always the, the running thing. Like for me, I always wanted to, to design like band covers, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like for seven inch records and stuff. So it was a band like society gone mad that I, I drew a picture and mailed it off to them. And they were like, yeah, Hey, sorry, we can't. I, mean, I was like 14 years old. You're like, Hey, sorry, we, 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 we can't put it on our cover. But hey, we appreciate the effort. I still order like the three dollar seven inch record from them. Get it, and the cover is nothing more than just a printout of like basic font. You know, society gone mad, right. and 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 I remember thinking like, damn, they they rejected my drawing for just regular words. But I still thought it was the coolest thing that they even wrote a letter back and just right. said, hey, okay. But it was always that thing like that art, which I I eventually did not pursue any kind of art um career or do anything like that once i went to college for art but in high school it was four years of art and i loved it and it was i think it was always that base of skateboarding the art uh to to the the fashion the clothing like everything the whole subculture of it was to me it just felt like it was it was at home you know like all of a sudden this feels natural to put on a vision streetwear shirt you know or Mm -hmm. some jimmy z pants you know i think i had like one pair but it just it felt right i don't know felt comfortable. Well, I think, I think that, you know, all the tight rolling was popular with your jeans when I was Mm -hmm. in junior high. And, you know, uh, then at some point, like in high school, people were doing the blink 182, like wear your socks up to, you know, over your calves and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. And I, I, I guess for me, um, I, I want to put this on my dad a little bit where he was like very conservative about like the way that I dressed. So the, 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 the the craziest he would let me get is a, a t-shirt and jeans and combat boots. So I never had, I never had a Mohawk. I never had, you know, I, and if I would have tried to wear like, you know, the Dickie shorts with my socks pulled up, he would have never let it happen. So I, I, I had to be like that. You know, I, I just was like a Ramon style jeans and a t-shirt kind of <laughs> okay. yeah, shoes. Yeah. I, I never could get too crazy because that was something that was always looming in my house. Like he would, if I, if I even the thought of trying to, to sneak out wearing something, it would, it wouldn't go well. So I, <laughs> right. I just, you know, it wasn't important enough to me, but I, I could tell you that uh, it sort of allowed me to, uh, I, I was able to feel comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though other people were doing the bum equipment thing or for a while, it was like college, college sweatshirts were in and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, although there wasn't a huge group of people that were like-minded, there was a group of people. I always like to say I wasn't popular, but I was popular among my group mm-hmm, of friends. So mm-hmm. that was what was important to me. You know, mm-hmm. I had like 
3,700 kids in my high school. So it, it would have been, there was nobody like in the movies where it was like, this is the popular guy and this is the popular girls. You just right. kind of did your own thing. Yeah. So then, yeah. okay, here I, I don't want to jump in with a question thing, but I always ask people this who skated in that era. Did you have either a favorite company or a favorite board? Whether you skated it or not, but was there a board that was like, uh, yeah, uh, I, Mike McGill, uh, I oh, love the, okay. yeah. And I actually have, you can see it. I have a, it's an Oni mask, but it's also, okay. it's yeah. part Oni mask. And then, and then the, uh, you know, skull and snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. yeah. I don't know why I gravitated uh, that graphic. Probably I have to, now that mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it, but, um, I also liked, uh, I liked it. There's this guy named Simon Woodstock, which I always try to point people to that are younger. I don't know if you know who remember Simon Woodstock Mm-mm. is one of these guys that was like they call him the clown prince of skateboarding. So he he would uh he would take like a, a knee board and put wheels on it and he would do he would he was very, very technical, but like people sort of like wrote him off like he was the weird owl kind of thing. But like underneath <laughs> yeah. it, the dude was pretty technical. I like mm-hmm. Jason Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. I, but a lot of times, again, it would came down to, uh, to the graphics because at a certain point you're, you're, you're getting, um, like the double scoop or the, you know, the two nose boards where six of one half dozen, the other, as far as company went. Um, and mm-hmm. so I wasn't loyal specific to a company, but I would definitely look around and it and be like, oh, that's a kick-ass graphic, which I knew would yeah. only last for a short, uh, you know, a short <laughs> amount of time for it's ground <laughs> off anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my mom could never understand. We would just like we're doing now. We would sit around and literally talk about, I think it was like Zorlak sacred cow or something, you know, and this dude is just like, man, I love this board. And then we're talking about a, 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 a John Gibson text, you know, the Zorlak board or whatever vision street ghost. And, and then three weeks later, she's like, yeah, damn dumbasses. You know, you don't, you're sitting here talking about this art and you've, you scratched all the, the mm-hmm. paint off the bottom of the board. Like, Mom, that's like that means we've been skating. <laughs> it's like we're skating, but it was true. It was you. you would, and the the whole thing was like, well, why don't you keep the rails on there? So yeah, I well, mean, yeah, it was like that time where you you didn't skate with the rails, or you did, and the whole argument about that. So over the years, I've started collecting these uh, like these books of uh, skateboarding artworks, like these full color, mm. and and I mean, dude, I mean, some of this stuff is so it's oh, just wow. amazing. The old oh. Rob Roscop. <laughs> yeah. And like every the- crew had a kid that had a Roscop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. All this stuff is like, I don't know. I think that a lot of times when you, like Ed Templeton is another, of, like an artist I love. And the dude doesn't, like, he draws some stuff that most people would look at and go, I don't know. That doesn't really appeal to me. But I've always mm-hmm. been drawn to like this weird art. I went to the museum last year here in Chicago. Uh, they had an Andy Warhol exhibit. My wife was like, oh, we got to go check this Andy Warhol exhibit out. And I went there and I was like, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, that, that, that doesn't speak to me, but I have a, I have a painting on my wall that Henry Hill, the guy, you know, the, the Goodfellas guy, mm-hmm. uh, he yeah. painted and it's a picture of stick figures being hung from a, the Tampa zoo, two guys holding another guy over a lion's cage. It is like something a 10 year old would draw, right. uh, or paint, uh-huh. but I bought it for like $150 from Henry Hill himself. <laughs> and it's autographed and numbered, and uh, I appreciate it. So you know that's how art works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, like it's subjective, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Like that was what I was joking about. Like the there was always someone that like you know how you so well maybe not everywhere. So for us, we there were like just small towns surrounding a larger city. 
So you, you would go sometimes skate in the smaller towns. You would know someone, maybe when someone, you know, had a car or something, we'd ride over there. But anytime you met like other skaters, that was our running joke was like, who's the dude who's going to have the Rob Ross cop? <laughs> you know, it was like, that was the one board everybody had. Like a lot of people skated at Powell Peralta, but it was like, somebody's going to have that Ross cop, you know, mm-hmm. like that Ross cop one, two or three. And it was like, oh, the two has the arm bent, you know, or, and I'm getting kind of obscure with that, but the people who are listening, if they were in that era, they would know, you know, know exactly what I was talking about. I was just going to say, it was like, that was almost like those inside jokes that we thought that only we had until like I'm in the army and, and talking to people. And then it was like the running joke of like, oh, I bet you, I bet you had a Rob Roscoff. <laughs> you know, at some time in your skate life, you had a Rob Roscoff. Man. You know, you I did. always wanted the, the, uh, the Corey O'Brien Reaper. But, yeah, you, you know, did. I, I, I never fireball, uh, like I never, yeah. The fireball. Yeah, yeah. Never man. I never managed to put one together. That was, that was the last board I wanted to get. And I had a t-shirt of it and I wanted that jinx. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the double bat. Uh, it, it, yeah. I wanted that. Like that was like, right. Like right around that time. I was like, that's, those are the boards I want. You know, and and I've I, seen people collect, you can buy like, uh, my cousin Steve went and bought like a bunch of um, reissued boards, like a Gans and a couple different mm-hmm. ones that he has hung for display purposes. I mean, you could probably yeah. skate them, but you know, they're obviously re- reprints are not uh, original it's, vintage stuff. Well, it's like so art. expensive yeah. though, dude. Yeah. Well, that's so like, expensive. I can't justify I was, it. I was going to say, yeah, like it's, it's art, you know, it's like you, for me anyway, like I look like that, like I look at it one, it takes me back to that era. And then two, for me to wrap my brain around, how big that was that we didn't know that even looking in a thrasher magazine or something, you're like, Oh yeah, they skate in California or New mm-hmm. York or something. But for us, it was like, w- there were kids still skating in the South, which it just didn't, it, I had no clue. It was like worldwide, mm-hmm, you know, right. that, that there was stuff going on in like other countries where it was a little more hardcore where they were like outlawing it and you couldn't skate complete. I mean, like completely, you know, completely well, outlawed but i mean even even in the 90s when you'd see skate videos i mean 99 if they're not from new, you know in new york they're in california yeah. and it's just guys skating the same spots you know this is from video to video it's like hey yeah now it's these guys are going to skate that spot or you know there, there's these like yeah. like primo spots that i guess guys wouldn't get messed with or they'd sneak into at certain times or they were allowed to use whatever the case may be um but again it, yeah it definitely didn't reflect specifically places where you or i were growing mm-hmm. up like the local bank you know, and, and it's like, hey, we yeah. skated this place all day because it had a gap. There's no <laughs> ramp. There was no curb. It was just a gap, which for anybody who doesn't understand, it's just a space where there's no asphalt. There's asphalt and there's no asphalt. It's like, wow, that's a huge gap. I still, yeah. you know, I started uh, making little TikTok videos a, a couple months ago and I was I was walking uh, with my wife and my daughter around town and I'm thinking, as I'm walking, I'm like, oh, that'd be a cool spot. I do that all the time. I, everywhere yeah. I go, I'm like, oh, yeah. that would have been a cool spot. That would. <laughs> so I was going to make a TikTok video of just showing like around my community all these spots that had I been, you know, 13, 14. And I think, well, wow, maybe I'd go out and skate those spots because uh, I have I have a board. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, imagine, you know, one of my guys pulling up on me and be like, Sarge, <laughs> you can't be here. Yeah. Call on you again, bro. You gotta go. You, you, you gotta wait till you retire. Running. You gotta with wait till thra- retire. Yeah, with my yeah. vintage Thrasher fanny pack. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta hey, bounce. Just, 
Dude, yeah, just take <laughs> off running, man. Yeah. I hate one me, man. No, they could out. They could definitely outrun me. Yeah, <laughs> so it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, the bad thing is like years ago. Now it's probably like maybe twenty years ago that trend in the cities where they would change the landscape to like if there's a a, a uh-huh. rail yeah. or a, or a <laughs> curb or something. Everybody's skating on. They put those like little pieces of metal in uh-huh. there and kind of just stick out like a lip. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seeing that, and it was kind of like heartbreaking. Like I wasn't even skating at that time, but I just thought, man, if, if I were skating as a kid now, I wouldn't even be able to skate this area. Like mm-hmm. it, they were yeah. smart enough to, to change it to where we're not out there skating and marking up, you know, trying to do wall rides and, and marking up buildings or falling and knocking over, you know, citizens. But you don't think that <laughs> when you're a kid, well, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I saw, if you haven't yet, mm-hmm. you got to see this movie. Have you seen mid nineties yet? No, uh-uh. That's, oh my god, I'm so a, I, I'm yeah. so jealous of you for not having seen it yet because <laughs> I've seen it probably six or seven. T- first of all, one of the best all around skateboarding soundtracks. I mean, it go it has hip hop, it's got punk, it's got all kinds mm-hmm. of really good stuff on it. But um, it was Jonah Hill's movie that he made about skating in the mid '90s, and I'll tell you, you're gonna watch it, and it's just gonna hit you in the feels because you're gonna go <laughs> like, okay, maybe I didn't do that, or I wasn't living in that kind of an area, or you know, I had like me, I had both my parents living at home, but like just the 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 brotherhood or the you know the the, the conversations that happen are so real, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's 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 the kind of stuff that I really appreciate is that like. You know, the banter, although it's obviously it was written uh, for these people, for these actors to do. It's like, man, you could tell that Jonah Hill definitely was part of a skate crew or hung around with skateboard kids. And just like that, that 15 year old, 13 year old, 13 year old hanging out with 16 year olds and learning some bad stuff. (laughs) That was me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I haven't seen the movie. I know it exists, um, but. I, I would have to assume at some point they're hanging out in like a, a gas station parking lot or yep. something. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. But that was like, that's what we did. We always hung out in the gas station parking lot until they kicked us off. You know, like, Hey, you got to go out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they let us spend our money for a little while playing a video game or, you know, one person will buy like a, a Pepsi or something or a cheer wine and we would all split it, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. like, Hey, you buy the candy bar and I'll buy the soft drink or like our buddy James would, would go in and get a cup of water and pour sugar in it, like sugar packs from the coffee <laughs> and drink going. sugar water. Like, you know, like I wanted to puke like that. Why not just drink water? But anyway, that was, <laughs> but, but like when you're talking about like in the eighties and nineties like that, I love when someone you know grows up like that, they, they get into something like film or whatever industry. And then they, because they want to share that with mm-hmm. other people and say, Hey, mm-hmm. This means something, you know, to, to me or, hey, I want you to watch this. And like you just said, you're jealous because I haven't seen it yet. So I get to experience that when I see it. But, oh, you know, like you've mm. already gotten that high <laughs> from that movie, you know. Yeah, I'm going to Sounds check like it, it was a little bit of the high and the low for Dave. Like it was high, but he <laughs> was like, oh, brought, brought <laughs> yeah. you down. Bittersweet too. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But but that's the, that's the good thing, though, is like, and now with the internet, somebody can listen to this and go, and I was way too young for that. But let me see what they're talking about, you know. As you guys uh, have been talking, I've been looking up on Google every single skateboard you've mentioned. Like, oh, what's that look like? Oh, what's that look like? Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, the uh, God, you mentioned it earlier uh, when we first started. The um, Not Wheels of Fire. What was it? Uh, anyway, the first video you talked about, um, and now it's escaping me. I'm like an old man. 
<laughs> but if you you could pull up those old samples like that where yeah. where Nottis is like, oh, I'm sure they're on YouTube. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like yeah. you know people can can go back and go, oh, this is the evolution of skating. Like people were just weren't born doing kick flips and all this. Like it all evolved from that. Mm -hmm. And that was like Nottis. That was the he was the skater. He and Gons that were mm -hmm. and, and Tommy Guerrero, like these street skaters that at that time were just taking off and doing you know these these high ollies and these these wall rides and stuff. And to us, because we weren't we didn't skate um, vert or whatever like back then or or whatever you want to call it, like a half pipe or whatever. Hell, we didn't have that. You know what I mean? We had street. That was it. Mm -hmm. And, and you, had launch, you had a launch ramp. Launch that ramp. Was, yeah. it was straight. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no transition at all you just, just straight ramp yeah yeah so it's that it's just that whole idea of we built the ramps ourselves you know we stole the wood from the construction sites ourselves like all that stuff we did you know and like you said earlier i was the youngest in the crew so i just kind of did what everybody else did you know and kind of learned from them but but for me growing up man i had a blast being able to experience all that and I do, I, I feel bad, like, like you were talking about earlier for the younger generation experiencing everything through a screen, yeah. you know, and not necessarily going door to door, you know, rounding everybody up and then just doing probably some of the dumbest stuff, you know, getting in trouble and, and doing whatever, well, but, but there's that it, idea of experiencing. One of the, the, one of the coolest things about skateboarding videos is, um, you know, some of the people were probably our age or a little bit younger. Like a lot of this, like I remember when, uh, I think plan B questionable came out like maybe 92 or 93. The, it, it was like the guys who were filming the video, maybe a little bit older than the actual guys that are skating, but not much. Mm -hmm. And these guys are just filming like skating. And then they're like arguing with a, a security guard or they're like, they get in a conversation confrontation with an old lady on the street who tries to take one of their skateboards away and they leave all that in the video or then they're driving you know between skate parts or driving around listening to music and like you know uh, throwing pies out the window of their car at people as they drive past but it was like real like gonzo production not great you know <laughs> yeah. and then you you know it was always interesting to find out like you'd see like oh here's here's a uh, Here's Mike Carroll. Like, what song is he going to skate to? Mm -hmm. And then your songs start playing like, a, like uh, I remember there was like, maybe it was Pat Duffy. There was like a Primus, a Primus <laughs> song. And I was like, okay, I, yeah. maybe. And then all the, it'll be followed up by like uh, Louis Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how is that going to work? And then all of a sudden it's De La Soul. And then it's yeah. the Misfits. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. this is how, and then what you would do is you'd wait till the end of the video and you'd have a, like a pen and paper and be like, I, okay, that was this guy right. who, who who skated during Pat's session or mm -hmm. what music was playing. And then that's how you would know, like uh, for me, that's how I would know like what music to go get uh, yeah. because I heard it on a skate video. I remember yeah. the very first green day record. I don't remember what, what skate video was on, but uh, Oh, it was awesome. Still to this day, like front to back, one of the greatest, one of the, my favorite records, like skate punk records wise, mm -hmm. just awesome. Solid record. Oh, you're talking for green day. Yeah, for Green Day. Yeah, it's uh, and I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not, but do you remember like so when you're writing letters back then, which is what everybody did, because mm -hmm. you didn't have email or anything, so you would correspond with bands or fanzines, you know. So I was yep. like a, a big fanzine kid, and I was writing a guy who who <clears throat> I think it was Tidbit fanzine, maybe either way, but it was a fanzine, and the guy had actually pulled one of the original flyers. And, you know, that's what you do. You pull a flyer from your scene, flip it over, and you write your letter, right. mail it off to somebody, and then they go, oh, cool, I've got this flyer from whatever city. 
Well, this was a original Green Day flyer. Like the a Gelman show flyer for like yeah, yeah. Where to the point where it says Green Day, and then in like parentheses, uh, whatever, like Berkeley, like from mm-hmm. Berkeley or whatever. Right. It's like you know how you used to say in right. the parentheses. So I get the the letter or whatever. It didn't really matter at the time until I go uh, on spring break and I'm hanging out at like a like a really big beach, and these guys from the army are there, and the dude's wearing a Motorhead shirt. Well, I was interested in joining the army so i start talking to these guys and do the motorhead shirt is just like there's this band green day because he's from california he's like mm-hmm. you gotta check them out and i'm like i think i've heard of that name it sounds familiar you know and then maybe six months later a year later whatever that is long view or whatever that first video mm-hmm. is hits mm-hmm. and then boom the whole world changes for what is known as punk you know what mm-hmm. i mean like at that time it was like but but to still I still have that flyer like I've still got all my flyers all my old letters for whatever reason I just saved I all kept that all stuff. mine too I kept them in a scrap I took them off my wall and eventually put them like in scrapbook one page at a time so I glued them down you know each page mm-hmm. in a scrapbook I thought yeah. someday someone would enjoy them but apparently I was wrong it's just me <laughs> like, like, I li- like yeah literally you just got to post it like, that's a, I just post stuff <laughs> in, in stories and like every now and then very random people will send me like it was a dude from the DC area, it was like really big into like firearms and training and all this way. Well, he grew up in DC. He was in a different area, but like out of nowhere, I, I posted a, a flyer from several DC bands like soul side marginal man. Like it was this show. He, he sends me a message. Like, what do you know about the DC scene? Like, it's just crazy where all I had known is his firearms, you know, training and all this stuff Yeah, yeah. that, Oh man, he grew up in the DC scene then like with positive force. Oh, let, let's, let's talk music. And that was like all we would, would talk about then. And, and then, and I was like, man, post your flyers, dude. I want to see it. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, um, th- th- something I want to go back to real quick. Mm-hmm. You guys were talking about how back in the day, you know, you guys were doing your own skate scenes and you had no idea what was going on around the world, except for like what you saw in videos. And Mm. I feel like that's another thing that kids today are kind of against the curve because like you think about everything, like people seem to be very creative right now. Everything's on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they're so influenced by everything around the world so that they're not really getting their own individuality a documentary I've been watching a lot of is hip hop evolution. It's on okay. Netflix. Yeah. Where basically they talk about the very grassroots of rap music, where it started in, in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Harlem and how it, you know, I'm like halfway through the first season. And it's very interesting how like, you know, New York started and then California somehow picked it up and they were all influenced by whatever was current at the time. You know, um, disco was big in New York, but funk was big in LA and it kind of, you know, their sound, uh, evolve from there so i think it's just you guys talking about skating and how like you know these guys were making up tricks because that's all they had they were starting from the rock bottom i feel like nowadays we just don't get that you know like the, the newer generation they're so influenced by social media and the world and being so super exposed to everything that they just don't get any of that even well, with music of, a lot of the uh just speaking of my my workplace a lot of the guys that uh probably three quarters of the department are under 30 years old. A lot of mm-hmm. them are 20, 25, something like that. And it, it, I'll, you know, it's 
probably with every department, like people come in, there's a new guy and he's young. And then all the older guys are like, you ever seen this movie? You ever mm-hmm. seen that movie? And they're like, <laughs> obviously they're always yeah. like, no. And they're like, right. oh, look at this guy. You ain't seen, you know, you've never been nowhere. You don't know. You never seen Goodfellas. You never seen, you know, Top yeah. Gun. You know, yeah. we go down the yeah. list. Every mm-hmm. new guy gets the same treatment. But yeah. every single, every single one of these new guys will be like, oh, I didn't watch movies or I didn't really watch TV or I didn't really listen to music per se, or I didn't mm-hmm. watch sports. And a lot of it is just that the attention span, uh, yeah. you know, of, of all this stuff that's like so easily accessible, you know, video games and uh, e- even like the video games on your phone that aren't the ones you would play on like Xbox or PlayStation, but they're like short video games. So when you, when you would get in the car with your parents, like even when my children were literal, you, you'd, you'd bring an iPad along. Dude, mm-hmm. Hey, we don't want to deal with the kid. Just put his <laughs> yeah, headphones on yeah. so he doesn't ruin our time and <laughs> you know be obnoxious to other patrons at a restaurant and the kids staring at a screen mm-hmm. from the very mm-hmm. from from the from day one. And I, I know we've talked about this. This is an old trope. Everybody of our age group knows this. Like you know when when we were young, our parents they determined what was on the television. If they were home, it was we got no choice in the matter. And if we're talking about TV, there was only so much to watch. There wasn't that many channels. So right. I'd rather be outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no- nowadays mm-hmm. it's so like people don't are not confrontational. Everybody's, just, you know, they have their opinions, but they type them out on a computer. They don't really have real interactions. Even when my my son started using the phone when he was a little bit younger and I'd be like, hey, call your buddy. And he would be like, oh, I texted him. And I'm like, OK, but I'll try calling him. Yeah, <laughs> and then you'd yeah. get him on the he'd get him on the phone, and he wouldn't know how to er, interact. My daughter, who's ten, her friends call, and she's like, "I can't talk right now." And she just hangs up the phone, and doesn't say goodbye. I'm like, "You, you ever? <laughs> how about hello? How about, hey? You right. know what I mean?" But she's she talks on the phone like uh, she does in person. Mm-hmm. She doesn't make because they Facetime. Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't know the etiquette's not there. They, uh-huh. and that's you know I was just having this discussion today with my son, and I'm like, man, I. I feel guilty for the fact that like you are going to you and everybody else in this generation are, are up against it because you just haven't had the amount of, of time on target when it comes mm-hmm. to dealing with real situations and you don't know how to deal with them when they come about big or small. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's like no that's exposure alarming. to it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you want to go away to college and it's like the first time you've been out of the nest, like literally out of the nest. And there is no, there's nobody to, you know, make your food for you. There's nobody that's going to, you know, where you could just sit up in the, you know, in your bedroom and listen to music. It's like, you have to get up and go to school. You probably have to work there. You might have a roommate that someone you never met before. I don't know that kids these <laughs> right. days can handle right. this. And what's going to happen <laughs> when you get into a confrontation with that roommate? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think but about. You, but, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just thinking when you're talking about that, I'm thinking about when I went through college and me and my roommate, we, we butt heads a couple of times. And we definitely didn't handle it the best. You know, we kind of razzed on each other. He's a perfect stranger. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I never, never met him before. Um, but I'm thinking like kids now, right? Like we would, he and I, we would like, he'd fuck with me a little bit. I'd fuck with him a little bit. Then we'd like have a little boil over and we'd be good. Kids today wouldn't do that. Like the first time the, the roommate that was pissing you off did something like, what are you going to do? Like run home, go find a safe space. They'd probably like, go to the resident advisor and they're like, Hey, this, this isn't going to work out. It's like, yeah, it's, it's going to work out. There's no other choice. <laughs> yeah, it has to. Right. <laughs> well, I, I wonder too, like you said something earlier, younger generations too, though, are being, were being raised through school systems that would say bullying is wrong. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it was this whole cultural shift of teaching that where our generation didn't, didn't necessarily have that. It was right. almost like, yeah, bullying is part of it. You, right. you just got to deal with it. 
which sadly some people are like, yeah, I'll deal with it. All right. You about to catch an independent truck right to the forehead. <laughs> uh, you know yeah, but you know what? Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Now looking yeah. back on it, I think we all kind of realize, yeah, you shouldn't just let somebody be completely victimized, but there mm-hmm. has to be, you, you, you also can't stop. Uh, it's just not okay. Or it's, it's not, it doesn't help anybody build confidence or the ability to deal in the real world. If there's somebody that's always getting in there and, and, and sort of facilitating an argument, all right, calm down. That's, you know, you need to go to him. This, is, this is spoken by three police people. officers, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I, I mean, being a bully at times myself, uh, mm-hmm. I felt like, um, you know, that's just part of the game. Uh, kill or be killed. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to Thunderdome. <laughs> but I See, turned that, out all right. With, yeah. I was going to say, since I was the youngest in the group and, and the smallest in my neighborhood, I was never <laughs> bullying anybody. Like uh-huh. they were body slamming me, and I was catching flying <laughs> elbows. Like it, it, that was just that was my role. Was like, okay, I'm the I'm the the punching bag or whatever. But I just mean in in general, like when we were out among strangers or whatever or you know like at football games and and i remember like going to the first one of the first football games when i was like really young like maybe seventh grade my brother had a mohawk and this dude just walks up like like you picture a dude that drives a camaro <laughs> you know like in the 80s that's what Billy madison guy, yeah he just fucking, he just walks up and, t- and tells my brother like and he was not very smart so he's like nice fucking haircut like that you know and my brother's like yeah your mom cut it so stupid the dude just dr- that's drills a good line though that's a good line right well, yeah guy just drills my brother in the stomach like boom punches him i'm thinking oh we're getting ready to to fight like we're just gonna throw down that's what we usually did but my brother and and james and these guys they knew this dude and they were like no, we're just going to take that one. Like, we might get him some <laughs> yeah. other day, but right now we're not messing with him. Like, he's no. with all these dudes. They were older. Mm-hmm. And in, later in life, I find out, you know, these guys are, you know, they get into meth. They get into selling mm-hmm. coke. Like, my brother and them already knew those were the type of dudes that we wouldn't just be able to fight once. It would be, right. you, like I said, you hit them with a skateboard and run, and then they're going to catch you next week. Right. And hit you with some beer bottles and stuff. But that was kind of like my introduction into – we all kind of fight and and wrestle around and stuff, and then sometimes lose temper and 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 beat the hell out of each other. But then when you meet like these complete strangers, mm-hmm. it's not just going to be this one fight. Like right. now, for the rest of your time in this town or this city, <laughs> you're going to be you know looking over your back for mullet man who's going to come. You know, interestingly enough, uh, so I I never went away to school. Um, I I, I never went away anywhere. And the first place I went away was uh, to the police academy. So I went to the police academy in in Indianapolis. So uh, two hours away from where I live. And I had two roommates in the dorms there. And so at the time when we stayed Monday through Friday, you go home on the weekend and you had to be back on Monday. I would come back on Sunday because I lived so far. I would sleep there and be ready for Monday. And it was my first experience having, you know, living in a space with two guys. And first of all, they were grown men, same as me. You know, they were in their 20s. Yeah. And I remember one of the guys, uh, he'd already done his pre-basic. So he was already out on the road and, and was answering calls and just had to complete the academy within the, you know that first year in order to be uh, state certified. But like he was, he'd already done the pre-basic academy and been through FTO. And he was talking to the other guy who was like halfway through his process. And they were both from down by Indy. Uh, 
And again, I was like, so, you know, I, I didn't even know how to work a radio yet. I'd never been in a police car. <laughs> I had no idea about anything. Yeah. Um, and I just was not set up to live with other people. Uh, so <laughs> I couldn't imagine if I was a teenager and I didn't have a, a job that was on the line, how, how it would have worked out. But the, the the fact that we were all put on the same team by the drill instructors did help a lot. But <laughs> I don't know how you did it. Uh, to yeah. be in college and have a, a, I mean, and you being in the army, I mean, again, you're just stuck with who you're stuck with. Right? Oh yeah. That was, <laughs> that was the, that was the eye opener. Like the, one of the first nights uh, I got to Fort Benning, it wasn't even down range, but what they call it, you know, like in the actual unit, you're just in kind of a holding pattern with a bunch of yahoos in a room. Like nobody knows anything. You're not even training. You're just kind of waiting, getting paperwork and stuff signed. And one of the first nights, two of like the oldest guys and it's, it's like Lord of the flies and there's like 30 or 40 of us in this room. And the two older guys, for whatever reason, get in a pissing contest about who's going to be the baddest dude, apparently in the United States army infantry, <laughs> they start making bets on who can take the most slaps to the chest. Day I don't one. Know, or, I don't know, you know this, week one. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't even know this game. I'm like, what? Like we used to play like thump knuckles. And I was like, what are they mm-hmm. doing? I'm just sitting there watching. I was young. I was 17. I had not even had my, I didn't, I turned 18 in basic training like later. So I'm just sitting there like these dudes are idiots. They take their shirts off and everybody lines up like 30 freaking dudes line up and they just walk by each of them and slap them as hard as they can on their chest. I'm like, what? This is the army, you know? And then of course, like two or three weeks later, they come and pick us up, cram us into these cattle cars. And then you get dropped off in this like shark attack of drill sergeants and you're just getting messed up. And then from then on, it was, Living in these barracks is this wide open room with like 30 dudes and everything is controlled. It's like the first night we get there, everybody gets buck naked and then goes getting crammed into a shower. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, I don't know any of these dudes. And now we're, we're, we have no clothes on. We're being pushed into a room and there's water spraying on us and we're all just holding a bar of soap in our hands. We don't even know what to do with it. Like, like, what, 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 what are we, do, what are we doing? As humans, like what, mm-hmm. what goes on? <laughs> right. Who right. comes yeah. up with this stuff? Well, know? that's what, like for me, like I, we had a guy in basic training who had a psychology degree. He was an older dude. Like When I say older, we're all 17 to maybe 2021. 20, this guy's like, to us, he's like an old man. He's probably maybe 30, but mm-hmm. he had a, he had a legitimate like PhD in psychology <laughs> and the drill sergeants would dog him out. Like, you just made the worst mistake of your life. Right. But right. he but he he told us it was basically like he wanted to know how to apply like psychology and like why would anybody want to do this type of thing? Right. To me, really? I'm like, you're crazy, man. Really getting <laughs> down in the dirt and experiencing it. Yeah, yeah. Like I can only imagine what he thought. Oh man. Like uh, this is gonna be <laughs> the same stuff every day, day in and day out. And Did he finish? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? He um there were a few people like that that early on and and my uh my my dad and mom split when I was really young, so I would go see my dad on the weekends. That was one of the things my dad said. He said, "Listen, you just keep your mouth shut. You do exactly what you're told, and you'll be fine. Don't try to stand out. Don't try to win any awards. Just they tell you to do push-ups, do push-ups. Be quiet. Don't even talk. Like just be mm-hmm. quiet." And he said, "The people that sometimes stand out the most, the loudmouths, they'll wash out. Mm-hmm. The really quiet people." who you think aren't going to make it will trim down the lose weight. You know, if they stay focused, they'll be fine. And he was that way. He eventually, he just kind of learned 
probably to just be quite kind of quiet and not even mention anything about a psychology yeah. degree or you know, <laughs> yeah, like, that's like, not just, something I would bring up in basic. I would yeah. be like, no, and, what and, degree? And I can't even remember if we talked about this last time, but there was a dude, like the only other person I knew in basic training who knew anything about music and he washed out early on. Um, and I can't remember if it was medical or what, but he had a um, life of agony tattoo and a biohazard tattoo. Like these New York bands. So eventually, you know, we started talking about music and all of a sudden he's gone. And I'm like, great. Now I'm in- <laughs> that, that was your I don't have anybody there. around talk music, yeah. you know, definitely no one talking about skateboarding back yeah. then. When I, uh, when I went to college, it was kind of very similar ish. I mean, we weren't getting crammed into a shower, a bunch of us naked, but, uh, <laughs> it was like, but the beginning of like, from orientation to the start of classes, it was like Lord of the flies. Like you said, like literally just, mm-hmm. they, they, the, the roof came off and everybody was just going crazy. Everybody partying and, and doing these crazy things. I was not because mm. much like Dave, you know, I was kept on our very tight, uh, control environment growing up. You mm. know, my parents were very, they were, they were not very heavy handed or anything like that, but they had expectations. And if you didn't meet it, it you, you know, just bad times. So I guess I was always looking around the corner, waiting for my parents to show up or something. I don't know, but I, I, I stayed on the straight and narrow, <laughs> yeah. but I got to observe and witness everything that happened there. And just like you said, BC, when I found someone who was into ska, because mm-hmm. again, I wasn't, I wasn't really big into the punk scene at that time. Uh, but meeting guys who were like into ska like that, that's how I learned about bands in the punk scene. You know what I mean? And then, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of buddied up to them, even if we didn't really agree on like, life or you know certain other activities um i was like nah he's my music guy like i'm gonna go to him and it was uh we went to shows together stuff like that up and around uh hartford connecticut you know it's funny how you find those people you find your your music people and you kind of gravitate towards them even if they're not like you know the best people or whatever but hey we got music we can talk about music for hours so i I just this popped in my head and i thought about this you said hartford connecticut right is that what you said yeah, I don't know why, but Spring Hill Jack popped in my head. Uh-huh, are they uh-huh. from Connecticut or New Haven? They Hampton? are, yeah. Where I think they're from? from like the New Haven area. Yeah, I don't know why that. Like certain yeah. people will say a band and then uh, or a city or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I always equate it to music. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So whatever band it's is there like, or whatever. Well, since you bring up that, whenever someone says mm-hmm. the name Jolene, right, it's going to spark uh-huh. a, a, a musical connection to most people. And most people, mm-hmm. normal Miley people. Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Dolly Parton, but for right. me, it's Spring Hill Jack. Like, that's that's where it goes yeah. automatically. There was a chick, yeah. when I moved to Florida and I took uh, took a college class, there was a chick in my in my class, and it was an older lady, and her name was Jolene. And every every day, when she would say her name or roll call or whatever, that's where my head would go every single time.
Yeah. See, and I dropped. Era. See, and uh-huh. I dropped Hartford, Connecticut for that reason. I knew your your mind would have gone to a band, and I said that. For I'm, <laughs> it, it is crazy, man. It, it my brain does that a lot. I don't know why my my brain would always categorize. Oh yeah. Bands, what record label they were on, usually like even crossover, like oh this this singer played with this band. I don't know why, uh-huh. but I just thought um, about it, like, for me. Oh, when I think of like big cities for me, and I'm sure Dave's probably the same way. I think of sports teams like, Oh, who's, you know, when, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago when they were like, Oh, you know, well this happened in Seattle. Oh, okay. The Mariners, what are they up to? Oh, geez. They got Chaz <laughs> going on. That's not, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> right. But, so, so when, when you were, you said BC, when you were in high school, you were like all like doing art, like as far as like, you know, the elective classes you were taking, like anything from from drawing to pottery to like every yeah. all the different art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I started. So, in, uh, go ahead. So I was just gonna say, mm-hmm. why why did that not continue? Yeah. So like formal formally, I'm not. Yes. Sure you probably do something on you know when you're doodle yeah. around or whatever. But yeah, I um, I like like doing art. Like it it, I don't know how to like. Some people have religion or whatever. I, I really got into just music and, and art in that sense. So I was always, when I would draw, it just felt comfortable. I never wanted to feel like I would have to do it for a job. I mm-hmm. did do a drawing one time for a teacher uh, my senior year, which which turned out great. I was really proud of it. She paid me like a 100 bucks or something. Ooh. But it was like a, a character character her drawings of her boyfriend or whatever it, it, long story short i got paid to do it which was cool but there was so much stress and pressure mm. i didn't like that and i and i knew i really want to go in the army like that's the one thing that i thought that's if i do that i can always do art to enjoy it and it wasn't until like later in life that i thought well to just <laughs> start doing something with art and see if i can also make money from that art, you know, as an adult, but yeah, that I, and it actually, I had a really cool art teacher my senior year. And I thought a lot of her, we used to talk a lot and I had to sit her down and tell her like, I'm not, I'm not going to pursue art. I'm not going to go to college. Cause I really didn't think college was in the plan. Then I was like, I'm, I'm going in the army. And I was such a like quiet, low, low key guy, like in high school that that didn't compute to her. Cause she had been married to a Marine at one point. You know, she was just like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of what I want to do in the army. She's like, oh, wow. That's, that's not like your temperament or whatever, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's just, I wanted to keep art as, as art. And I really didn't, I just, I don't know. Do you still do well now? I mean, I saw Private Joker was a photojournalist, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He thinks he's freaking Mickey Spillane, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying they're they're in the army. Is there no oh, outlet for? Oh, you know, that's the funny thing is, people used to say that they were like, "Well, what was your job in the army?" I was like, "I was in the infantry." I thought everybody was the infantry. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand the army had all these different jobs. I really mm-hmm. just that's what I wanted to do. So once I got in, then I kind of realized oh, there are all these other jobs. And that when I get out, you know, I, I, the only thing I'm going to know how to do really is, is to shoot weapons or clean weapons or, or clean floors or, or clean up an area, you know, like you don't really, and leadership skills you learn, but that those are our skills, you know, infantry, mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. you're doing is training like that. So 
I didn't know that. I didn't really know about like all these other jobs. I was just like focused. Oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do that. But it, but it always felt right. Even at like 15 years old, when I started thinking about it or whatever, I knew, Hey, this is the path I want to do. Even when people were, they didn't dig it. You know, some of the, the, you know, punk bands were not saying, Hey, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe suicidal tendencies are saying join the army, but you know what I mean? Like it was, it was like, that wasn't, um, a popular choice. But right. what was cool is like that the guy I mentioned earlier, like James Vaughn, like he had gone in the National Guard like a year or two before I joined the Army. So it was cool to like see him just, hey, I, you know, I'm a, this is what I'm going to do. And it was like the the rebellious thing almost like, cool, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can do that. We can, you know, we can still be open minded. I'll join the Army. And, it, you know, as long as I don't become a complete robot or jerk when I come home, which I kind of did. But just that idea of you know, pursuing something that to me, I, I was cool with that, but I loved art, man. I, I started in like seventh grade. I think when you said like pottery, like that was like, like sculpture and, and, and doing more hands-on stuff. And then ninth grade through, through 12th grade was all pen and ink, pencil, painting, canvas, pastel, like all that stuff. I know Dave, you've been, uh, you've been dabbling back in the art section a little recently with your cereal boxes and stuff like that. Yeah, so so after uh, after skateboarding and being in a band and being obsessed with those things, somehow uh, you know I went to broadcast school like we talked about for for a short stint, and I was obsessed with that equally. I've always been a, a radiophile and obsessed with uh, talk radio. Um, somehow I became obsessed with being a police officer as a police officer, and then obsessed specifically and you know, as a canine guy. So I was obsessed with that. I was a DT's instructor. I was obsessed with that. Uh, I was at the task force for years. I was obsessed with that uh, interdiction gangs, whatever, whatever assignment I had, I was like reading book. Like I mm-hmm. spend, I, I was telling, uh, you know, some of the guys this recently, I'm like, you know, I'm not telling you to do this, but uh, I've always put my job first before everything. I know that's one of those things you're not supposed to do, but I can't, <laughs> right, it's, right. It, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. Some people, for some people, it is not a choice. Mm-hmm. You can't help yourself. Mm-hmm. You, right. You that's just their personality yourself, type. You could probably yeah. help yourself if you had, uh, you know, a, a good uh, psychiatrist or psychologist or mentor or somebody saying like, you know, constantly in your ear, like, Hey, it's probably not the safest and healthiest thing to do, mm-hmm. but I just get obsessed with stuff. And then, um, you know, the the pot when I started doing the podcast, that was sort of a, a way for me to have some creativity. Where sometimes in law enforcement, you you you, you can only be so creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my daughter got into uh, um, watercolor within the last like eight months. So I started doing watercolor. Like one day I was like watercolor painting with her. Then I was like, every day we need a watercolor. <laughs> and then I started, then I started painting with uh, um, like regular paint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got obsessed. <laughs> I was watching um, this, the John Wayne Gacy tapes. Mm-hmm. So I drew like, I don't know, 30 different pictures of John Wayne Gacy as Pogo until I finally was able to, uh, I got a, I went and got a cereal box because he's a serial killer. Ah. And I, paint, I painted Pogo on a cereal box. And, uh, you know, some people were like, oh, that looks really cool or whatnot. And I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. maybe I should quit my job and become a painter. I've had no, I've, and I'm not saying that this, this should not shock anyone. I've had no formal training in art. I've never taken, I didn't even take, I took art in junior high. That was the extent of it. And I was 
probably, you know, was forced to as part of the, you know, wood shop art, mm-hmm. uh, you know, quiet, whatever you had to go around and do. Um, I've always loved art, but I just don't have a talent to do it. So that's why I didn't do it. Um, I tried my hand at photography. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a photographer because mm-hmm. I don't have the skills to paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even in the last like year, I got really into um, graffiti. Mm. Uh, so, but like I draw it on a piece of paper or on my iPad, <laughs> like a, like a, a, a nerd, but, um, right, yeah. <laughs> just understanding the color scheme and mm-hmm. letter, you know, how letters are shaped and how one letter works off another letter. And I just like, I'll sit there and watch TV and I'll, I'll just say, come up with a word and write it, in, you know, a graffiti style or different, you know, different fonts and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, one one of the first guys I interviewed on my podcast way long ago, this dude who does my tattoos, super good. Like, you know, went to art school, really good artist, really good tattooer. And uh, I was like, hey, man, if, if you could trade your ability to for art to do anything, what would it be? And he, he said, hey, I'd be honest with you. If I could take the talent I have in art and put it toward music, I would I would just be, mm. be the greatest thing ever. And I, and I was, I scoffed at it. You probably go back and listen. I was just like, why would you ever give away your, your ability to draw or take something mm-hmm. from your brain and be able to manifest it with your hands on mm-hmm. paper? To me, there's nothing greater than that, uh, to be able to express yourself like that. But I will tell you after that conversation, I realized more than anything, whether it's podcasting as corny as this sounds, you know, writing a book, writing a poem, blogging, whatever it is, when you put yourself into something like that, making stickers. Um, I mean, I get a lot of people that go like, wow, that was a really cool design. I liked how you did that. I do it all myself. And with very, I have no knowledge and uh, I just mess around until I finally, I just put a lot of man hours in it till it comes out something I can be happy with. And then I present it. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I had been had been uh, been able to focus or push in a different direction, I would have been able to do something different. But uh, that's it's interesting to find out. Like, if you if you everybody has all these talents, it just it might take a lifetime, unfortunately, mm-hmm. to find out what those yeah, talents or, are. Or someone tells you, <clears throat> "Oh, you've got to take four years of art right. to to be an artist." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like. No, like I, that was, that was our things. Like we, we had to take an elective. So we all liked art. So we just took art as an elective, but I mean, I, and I'm, I'm sure I learned stuff in art class, but I did, I didn't like being technical. I didn't want to necessarily just draw something right. to look like a photograph. I liked very creative stuff. Like that's like we're talking about the skateboard mm-hmm. art and stuff, but with writing, I, I took a creative writing class in college but I always liked writing. Like I still have a short story that I wrote in like middle school. So it's like one of those things that was always in the back of my head. But at the time I just didn't, I knew I didn't know how to, how to write words that anybody would want to read mm-hmm. <laughs> until it was like 20, 25 years later. And I've read like 800 books and I kind of go, Oh, it, it's, it feels good to write, whether it's going to be great or not. We'll see, you know, but it's like, like you're talking about like playing uh instrument, it sounds stupid, but I literally Saturday and Sunday mornings, if I'm not working, you know, if we don't catch a homicide or something, I'm literally typing on a novel, mm-hmm. working on a novel for, from about five thirty in the morning until about one or two. Uh, how do you like, 
I don't even know how to start because that's something I, one of my life goals is to, to write a book and I constantly go back and forth on what that, you know, what that will, what that book would be about. But I don't, I, my, the idea of being able to just jump off, like, do you remember the very beginning scene in uh, throw mama from the train where Billy Crystal's sitting at the keyboard and he's typing and it's like the night was moist. <laughs> he rips it out and he throws it away. And he's like, the night was steamy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got a yeah. bucket of, and it's like, all I need to do is get like this first line out and then I'm off to the races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when, when I first started talking to you and you're like, Oh, you know, I, I, I write for skill set, I was just like, wow, dude, that uh, immediately envious. Like, mm-hmm. well, how come he gets to do that? And I can't because, and, and I'm looking know, at, yeah, I'm looking at your shirts and going, this mug right here makes <laughs> these badass shirts that are like perfect art, everything. So it's funny. We're, yeah. Well, here. So, in order to be safe, what I would do is I'd write these. I write these Yelp reviews where normal people would go, like, "Well, you know, people that write Yelp reviews are yeah. just dicks." These, like, these uh, are what kind yeah. of what kind of guy writes a Yelp review? But what I do is, is I I will start out talking about the business, and then I will completely not talk anything about the business, and then I'll wrap it up with like, "Yeah, the burger was great. The fries were okay. I'll probably go back." But <laughs> yeah. I, it's in order to be safe. Mm-hmm. And not have people judge that as like a serious body of work. I want mm-hmm. some. I want people to be able to read it. And go. That's just good. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's a review or not. But mm-hmm. to put it out and say, like, take the beginning and the end out, and just put the meat and potatoes that I really wanted to put in there out there. It's really putting yourself out there. So, and uh, yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't. Ha- I'm not. You know. I. I, I it's. Oof. It, it, this is the thing. That, so, uh, when I was in college, I'd already been in the army. I went to college. It had nothing to do with my major. I just took an elective. I took creative writing because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, I've always wanted to do that. And and the professor was basically like, I cannot teach you how to write. I can kind of guide you and help you. But but really, it's just almost impossible to teach someone to be creative. This is creative writing, by the way, mm-hmm. not like journalism. This is just a creative writing class. But one of the drills that we did in there that I always thought was really cool, and like one of the football players took the class with us, and he was like freaking out. But you would have to open up like a, a collection of short stories or short fiction that you've never read. Read the first sentence and the first sentence only. Rewrite it on a piece of paper, and then you had to write like a Just two or three from page. There. Yeah, yeah, that's and, awesome. And so the the short story I have was Margaret Atwood. She she later did like that the hands made Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's all that Tale. stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she had a short story. I don't to this day I'd never read the short story because the first line was Joel hates November. So I had to write Joel Hates November. For whatever reason, I, don't, I have no clue how my brain works. My It just started rattling off these kids. And and what ends up being in the story is Joel uh, hates November. November is a girl. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like it, yeah. all, this whole crazy, stupid short story about kids. But it all came from like those three words. And so when we came back in class, and you have to critique each other. That football player was like, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Like, November is the girl's name, you know. It was, mm-hmm. it was something cheesy like November Rain because mm-hmm. her parents were like hippies or whatever. But then, like, kids are making fun of her because of Guns and Roses. Anyway, none of that matters. Uh, what really matters is when you're writing like that, you just block all that out and just write. And if things are in your head, write them out because you can always go back and edit it. Right. And if someone reads it and they're like, "This is the dumbest like crap I've ever read," like, cool. I mean, if it feels good to write it, 
you're you're on the right path the way I and, look at it. You know? you know, just like with the stickers raising, you know, showing that like as a flag and having a bunch of people go, I do the same thing. I'll, I want to see if this does the same thing. Uh, I will download scripts uh, and I will read scripts because I want to know like, OK, for example, like um, let's say Reservoir Dogs. OK, I would say like I want to see how exactly Tarantino mm-hmm. not only wrote the dialogue because I know I think him specifically. It's like, no, there's no vacillating like you were going to read it like I wrote it. But I <laughs> yeah. want to see how, you know, he sets up the scene like yeah. interior, exterior, boom, mm-hmm. do this, do that, uh, because I find that very interesting that someone's able to sit down and on a piece of paper write something that someone else now he probably at that i think he wrote and directed it but other stuff that other directors would take and then go i see what you wrote here and now i'm going to be able here's to, my take on it put, dude, it's <laughs> yeah. insane yeah it's it, it's so crazy yeah and it's so, pretty crazy that you say that i went to school for filmmaking uh mm. primarily i wanted to go for screenwriting um so by taking that you know i only took one screenwriting course but it writing has always been my thing uh writing for movies that's i mean since i was like first grade i've always just been taken by creative writing and i would do the same thing you did dave s- since high school i remember See, there's two of us yeah <laughs> um i don't know somewhere between seventh and ninth grade i can't remember which one but i got west side story as a christmas gift whatever like like it was a box set box set whatever and it came with the script already like in a box it was really nice and i read that and for one of my reading assignments, you could pick anything you wanted to read. And I was like, Oh, well I already read the script. So I'll do that. And you had to do like a, a review on it or whatever. And ever since then, I was like, I want to read scripts. Like, I think it's very interesting. Same thing. I just saw earlier this week, a table reading, like the first table reading of the last scene of breaking bad. Now I've never seen breaking bad, but for anyone listening that has, uh, I, I guess that was a big deal. Uh, but to hear, what you know here brian cranston reading exactly how they wrote out that script and then they had the actual show side by side of the Mm -hmm. of the table read it was it was amazing to see how the writer painted that picture and i don't know who directed if it was the writer or not but it's just you're you're right it's very interesting how they paint that scene and then it gets transposed into actual film i think that tarantino if i've got it right used to write the scripts with a pen and mm-hmm. paper. And someone said, why don't you just type it? And he was like, this is the antenna of God. <laughs> you don't mess with this. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is, is like flowing through me. But yeah, while every, he was working at a video store, I believe, yeah. like a box office video or some sort of. Uh... And, and and what's interesting, like when I, when I first start, like, so the, the novel I'm actually trying to finish right now, I've got about five novels not outlined like detailed outline, but I've got a rough idea of what's going to happen. But the one I'm trying to finish right now, I've been slowly kind of writing back and forth for years, you know, in between articles, in between, you know, cases, whatever, I've got some, some downtime, but now it's just kind of like, now I'm going to dedicate everything I possibly can to it to get it done, get it, get it submitted to a, a publisher and then see, see where it goes from there. But now when I go back and read stuff that I, that I had, the characters that I had written, three or four years ago are there these, these characters are completely different because they just play out in my head. I have no clue mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I mean, I, I literally wrote the end of the book like six months ago mm-hmm. and had mm-hmm. no idea that was going to happen. So the drawback right now is the way my brain is working. I'm writing scenes and it just plays out. 
and now I have to try to put it in some type of order. And it, and that gets a little, that gets kind of tough, but, but when I'm, when I'm writing it, it feels right. Just, it feels good. Like, mm-hmm. like Tarantino, I guess with his pen to paper, it's right, like, it just kind of flows out. On the keyboard, man. Yeah. Well, like, well uh, here's what I find interesting. Like, so if you were to look at a, a picture taken by Ansel Adams, mm-hmm. you would know that like, Hey, this is a person who understands uh, light and understands mm-hmm. aperture and understands like the, the 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 complete aesthetic of, of photography you know as it were um so when people go that's ah, everything's subjective like yes and no because there's some mm-hmm. things where you go okay this person understands you know you there yes could somebody go out and accidentally take a picture that's like you know a beautiful picture sure right, right. <laughs> but they don't come at it from that same so you can have a happy accident mm-hmm. so i don't I guess I look at it and I go like, you could appreciate, you should appreciate these people that are doing like this art that is like, oh, this is this guy's this period. And the way the brush strokes are like this is like another, and I don't know, is it just people smelling each other's farts? I'm not sure. (laughs) You know, like with, with the, there was a documentary about the fine wine where it turned out that this guy was like removing bottle labels and selling, uh, uh, you know, fine wine to the Koch brothers for right. millions of dollars. And then they found out that, Hey, this guy was just taking like bullshit wine and pouring them into like really nice bottles. Like, like every collection. Like, yeah. Like every great weed dealer does. They've got like yeah. three mason jars and they're like, that's that purple Kush. That's that right. Rocky Mount Kush. You're like, so, all the same a lot way. of it, a lot of this stuff is that you know it's like other mm-hmm. people give it value like these nfts or mm-hmm. bitcoin it's like we say it's this so everybody mm-hmm. else goes yeah it must be this um yeah but i do think that there's a point where like you could look at like some pieces of art and go like yeah that that that's not some guy who is just like uh you know threw something together and everybody's looking at it like oh my god you know yeah i i just i don't i don't i don't buy that but i think writing is different Mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, music is different, too, because you could get, a you know, depending on what you like, you could argue that, yeah, it was Kurt Cobain, a, an amazing guitar player. I mean, I don't think so. He didn't show that he was an amazing guitar player, but did he write some of the most amazing music in the in, in the 90s? A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it transcends genre and it bring, everybody can go. Yeah, I could appreciate that regardless of what you're into. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. And there is funny. I brought up Miley Cyrus earlier. I was, this is how old I am. I got my first pair of new balances today. um, (laughs) I was flipping through TikTok and I came across a reaction video and it was Miley Cyrus singing, uh, like a virgin. Um, and I was like, wow. Now this is like the third time I've seen Miley Cyrus, like sing a cover song. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause I'm not really familiar with her, her own music, but like I'll come across a video and I'm like, this person can, can sing. Yeah. This is like mm-hmm. a truly talented person. Yep. And you put all that other stuff aside and you're like, wow, you know, you got, you got to give this person credit. It is what it is. Like, yeah, you can make all the jokes you want. You could talk about this person's like crazy personal life or, or whatever, but you know, there are certain artists out there like Lady Gaga's another one. It's like, mm, yeah, you know, She's make really all the jokes talented. you want. Dude, this person is super talented. Yeah. Like so talented. Yeah. I remember I saw a cover video. I know she did in the same setting. She did the Jolene cover. Mm-hmm. It was Miley Cyrus, the lead singer of Against Me. I can't remember what song. Lord Jane Grace. Yes. Yes. I couldn't remember the name. Um, but it was a cover. I And in the same setting as when, when they did Jolene. But there was another one. I was like, wow, I didn't know Miley Cyrus actually had those pipes on her. Like that's I wish she would sing that normally. And I'd probably be a Miley Cyrus fan. It's her, her pop 
renditions. I'm not. Well, and and here's the thing. I mean, as time has gone on and, and you've heard more of these people, th- these long form podcasts are great. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of them. Some people are like, well, you know, I like that sweet, concise, you know, 30 minutes, hour, whatever. But one thing that I've definitely learned listening to Joe Rogan is, is like, I, there's almost no guest where I'm not like, there's some, a lot of redeeming qualities about everybody. Sure. Yeah. Everybody sure. has a story and, and you can't really, if somebody comes on and they want to talk about, um, What's the what's the uh, the guy that he, the the nuclear physicist that he has on uh, Neil deGrasse, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah isn't he a nuclear physicist yeah or astrophysicist okay. I think astrophysicist so he'll be on there and I'm like I don't care about science I don't care about this guy talking about if the world if the world slowed down one second we'd all be thrown right miles. right but two and a but, half hours later but then when when you get beyond the subject matter like uh, like we have here it's like we started here. And you you just drift into a normal conversation and you just start talking. It's like, wow, this this guy is more than science. He can have a conversation about, you know, whether it is whether it's politics, mm-hmm. sports, you know, and it doesn't have to always relate it back to the topic that you started talking about. So I, I again, that's why I look at like podcasts. I'm like, well, that's that's art itself. Right. The art of you know what? You know what I really like? Out. Yeah. Oh, sorry to catch off, but I was just thinking about that. That's what I like about podcasts is you can get someone who only all they give are canned interviews, you know, like, you know, they go to on the Today show, they give their 30, you know, five minute clip of, hey, this is the new movie I'm uh, promoting. This is all I care about. But you long form it even into a 30 minute conversation of just that person. No commercial breaks. You're just going on. And that's where it gets interesting. You get the real person. You get the real um you know, person behind the facade that the public sees. And I think that's where these, these celebrities are getting all kind of jammed up because they don't have their publicists talking in their ear for three hours. And they're suddenly like, shit, what did you just say? You know, Mm -hmm. like Elon Mm -hmm. Musk, like when he was on Joe Rogan and he started smoking weed and that was a big deal or whatever. Like, I'm sure if he talked to his manager or his publicist, they would have been like, don't do that. (laughs) You know, but Right. That's that's but look at where he is now. I mean, right, in the right. end, in, yeah. in the end, I mean, how yes, his stock dropped like the next day, and then it the next the day after that, it bounded right back. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the ultimately, you hopefully you'll see a complete uh, turnaround with the next election, and and we'll go the other way, and then we'll find a balance in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I regardless of what political party is, I just think that. I'm starting to feel like people have had enough with just the, the, the PC, mm-hmm. like the, you know, the cancel culture, you're starting to see people go like, I, you, I will not be canceled. Yeah. So do your best. Mm-hmm. And and then you really, you really realize that it's always, it's like this core group of just loud, super loud people that get, you know, are canceling people. It's like, well, just, if we don't listen to those people, then they're not canceled. So I, <laughs> right. I don't know, you yeah. know, I think the fact yeah. that Joe Rogan fought against being canceled and he, didn't get canceled. And uh, there's been a couple since him. I think you're right. I think that pendulum, you know, we talked about pendulum swinging. I think that one's finally kind of going. Um, and I think you're right. I think the extremes, right. Or we're, we're on the one extreme. We're probably going to go. You can argue that four years ago, we were on the other extreme. I don't think we were quite there, but I think eventually we'll get right in the middle and maybe we'll be happy for like four years. Maybe. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> The, the whole like punk rock thing, like you're open-minded, you do your own thing. Like that's what I've always loved about it. Yeah. And I get upset now because, and I say the younger generation, yeah, yeah. I don't know how old some people are cause it's the interwebs, you know, people on Instagram, but, but 
bands can get canceled for simply posing with a cop or saying, mm-hmm. you know, like it's okay. Like this, this person is a fan. Like they can just be, or at least people can try to cancel. And I think like you're saying, we're, we're moving to that realm now where bands or whoever it is, but they're just kind of like, I'm, I'm not going to go along with this just because that's the cool thing to do is to like bash right. cops right now when they probably know five or 10 cops and go, yeah. I, right. Or if it's most a big part, enough, they're pretty cool. You know? Right. Or if it's like a big enough band, they probably have cops on their security detail, like, you know, and they're, they're close with them. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I, um, mean, that, I mean, that's the thing too. Like I said, like if, if you're in a band and you have, and you've got fans or, or supporters who have been listening to music for 20 years and they come up and tell you, you know, these things like that, like, you know, Hey, your music means this and, and I've lived my life, but I've also done this based on, just music and the power mm. of free thought and not being a robot. Yeah. Like I, I, I have to imagine that goes on all over the country with yeah, it's got to be bands and artists. I, who um, are like, Whatever you know, cancel me. I don't care. About a month ago, I went and I saw Henry Rollins speak at a at a show, and he actually told probably two stories regarding cops. And I was one of the very few right of center thinking people in the audience. Not that I am very right wing. I'm pretty center actually, but right of center law enforcement, obviously. And I was like, Oh God, this is going to be a terrible experience. I should just like hide in my seat and just whatever. (laughs) But it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't Mm. that bad. He actually was like supportive of it. He didn't understand. And he was open about talking about like, he didn't understand why the cops did certain things perfectly mm-hmm. fine, but he kind of showed both sides of his interactions in these stories. And that was nice knowing like Henry Rollins, right. And if you don't know, you, you find out, but you would expect everything to be completely anti-cop everything, you know, bash the police, whatever. And it wasn't really that bad. He was very understanding that, Hey, these are people with a job with limitations and they're doing mm-hmm. this thing. So it's as frustrated as he wanted to be, he understood. And that's that center, you know, that open-minded thinking, not being a robot. And I think what gets me frustrated is when I see punk rock or these claiming to be open-minded bands or speakers um, saying they're open-minded, but then they conform, you know, and that's mm-hmm. like the biggest thing for me was rage against the machine. Like they're, they're publicly saying, you know, conform, put on a mask, blah, blah, blah. Whatever your opinion mm. was, the fact that they were so strict about it, like you, you have to do this. I'm like that rage mm. against what machine? You are the machine now. You know what I mean? Like it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So I agree. I think the punk rock just mindset keeps it open minded, and I think that's just where we need to be, just open. Yeah. Well, it, it only makes sense too. Like we've talked about before, but if you have a person going out there and treating the public the right way and they have to take someone to jail that that person did something that earns their way to jail. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, so right. what do you expect that we don't have police? And you know, there, there's that whole category of people who go, yeah, we don't, we don't need police. We don't need government. We don't need this. Well, you see very quickly what, what happens. Like, right. I think that crowd, empathy, that crowd is pretty, pretty shut up at the moment, I think. Yeah. And, and I do think, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure, you know, three or four years ago, people who were in their early twenties or late teens may have thought like, Hey, we can do it better. Society can be better. We can, we, we're going to help people because we often think like I'm, I'm processing everything through my brain going, Oh, you guys are going to react the way I am or what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. 
we don't walk around thinking the way a psychopath does, so to speak. Right. So I'm not going to walk around thinking I want to go rob someone today, but that, that well, you, you have anarchy and you, and you want less police. The people who are going to go do the robbing, that's exactly what they're going to do. Like that's their mindset. And then they eventually take over and you, and you see that happening or you saw yeah. it happen, you know, when, when you're blocking off parts of a city, but. So when I think you, the most important thing is to not try to convince. Uh, I don't try to convince anybody to like the police. Right, I really don't care. Right. But yeah. my biggest thing is that, you know, that's got to start with you as a police officer. So mm-hmm. the only thing you can do is just be professional and give people the most professional experience. Right. And that's all you can do, you know, to go out there and, and go on the, the internet and, and get in, in some sort of argument mm-hmm. with some strangers it's time. or it, it's, it's just, Here's the thing: No one's ever going to put their sword down, no, and no, never. especially not, when they're not in that they arena. Have to. Not in that they arena. don't have to. Yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, I mean, it's just well, there was a there was a page today. It kind of it got under my skin for like a minute. Uh, there's a page that I follow. Find humorous. It's good stuff. And uh, you know, obviously, this whole Roe v. Wade thing is is publicized a little too much right now. And um, they made a post about it. And I was like, all right, that's fine. But under it, they said, oh, by the way. ACAB. I was mm-hmm. like, first off, out of left field, wh- that had nothing to do with the Roe v. Wade. <laughs> like, why? But secondly, all right. Like, so, like a dummy, never go in the comments of post, but I did. <laughs> and I was like, all right, mate, because I've seen a lot. Like, I follow, um, like, Ryan Holiday. He's a writer for a lot of stoic uh, things. He's not very pro police, but when he posts stuff about pro police or anti police, People attack him in the comments like, bro, that was a cold take. Don't post that, blah, blah, blah. Jordan Peterson, he's one that gets a lot of the opposite side. You know, people like don't like him for what he says. So I was figuring that maybe some of that would be in the comments. So I was kind of curious. It wasn't. It was all the ACAB <laughs> correct. Whatever. Perfectly fine. And that got under my skin for like 0.5 seconds. I was going to respond. And I was like, that's stupid. Not in this arena. And there's no point. So I just, you no. know, unfollowed the page because I didn't believe in what they were saying anymore. That's how easy it is, right? It's just like, oh, wow, that kind of pissed me off. Unfollow. Well, you had posted something the other day in your story about Putin being like something about like he's the most dangerous or is evil or some shit like that. And I'm thinking, is that still going on? Or is there still right. some <laughs> stuff going on in Ukraine? Right. I, that's I, I how toned turned all that off out. I am. Yeah. So because I've, I've been sitting in my garage painting pictures of uh, Gacy <laughs> as a clown right. uh, and, and, uh, smoking cigars so i don't have time for uh for the ukraine or i uh, i will tell you that when or russia when this ukraine thing started right right after the olympics i was i was tuned in because first off it was on it was on the news at work so i was watching it 12 hours well close to 12 hours a day and then one day i was like i don't care i just don't care like if they're gonna come here let me know but other than that i don't care right right? and here's the thing you're not in a position to do anything personally exactly that was my yeah this this is going to really upset some people, but like to just blanketly give money or donate or put a picture to support Ukraine, it's like I really don't know the politics. I really don't know the history. I'm sure both have done very terrible mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. Uh, as have we. Yeah. So I just stay out of it when I don't know the full story. So to immediately go like, "Hey, since they're invaded," like I, you know, you put the people have the stupid like I support whatever yeah. thing on their as their Facebook yep. like temporary profile picture. I just go like I support my 
wife and kids. Right. And uh, so th- that's what I'm focused on right mm. now. Yeah. You know, I made a battle jacket for my Pomeranian. That's what I was working <laughs> I saw that. That was good. And and that was my take, too. That's where I was like, you know what? Um, I remember Jocko. You know, Jocko's the big guy. I I'm a I'm a I'm I'm not a Jocko fan. I like some of the things he does. His energy drink sucks. Um, but he made a video and he was like, if I was present, this is what I would say. And it was it was a good video. Mm. And I'm like, what did that actually accomplish? nothing like there was nothing accomplished by that video and that's where i was like you know what this is stupid i was like when when russia brand, or ukraine branding what's that just branding yeah right? that's all, he, all yeah. of the people that like what he said and the music that he put behind it they shared it with other people yeah and people bought his new boots and you know other things that he's making exactly and then they he got probably sold his books. A, a million new subscribers on his podcast and yeah, exactly. That's all it was. And um, that's where I was like, you know what? I don't care. When when Russia's knocking on my front door and I have to start learning how to speak Russian, that's one thing. But until <laughs> then, I still got to go to work tomorrow. Leave me alone. And and I posted the, uh, the, the thing you're talking about just because I like that podcast. That was really the only reason I posted mm-hmm. it. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, just no. I, I can't I I can't. Well, because be we're not we're we're not built to take on world news 24 seven right out like just yeah. our brains aren't aren't made that way i mean think well, about I... it which it's constantly whatever and, and my, my mom told me as a kid like son there's two things you don't talk about you don't talk about politics or religion, religion. Or you get a damn busted mm-hmm. mouthful uh-huh. of chicklets or something you know like that I'm like okay whatever uh but the do you think about like if you've got a phone in your hand you've got you know instagram or social media updates like my phone now will will chirp and it'll be a news update. I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah. I don't even watch the news. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not that I that I don't care necessarily. I know my day is probably is going to be busy. I'm going to take on some of some stuff that I don't you know necessarily. Maybe I want to absorb in my brain. I don't need to know the atrocities going on right mm-hmm. now in the mm-hmm. rest of the world because, like you said earlier, right now I can't do anything about it. I, I, I it, it would have you know I. I can't make a choice or decision overseas. I can make a choice or decision in my daily life. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what I'm going to be taking in, am I going to eat junk food today? Am I going to eat donuts? Am I going to drink coffee? And, yes. and what am I going to do at work today? <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I going to do at work today? And then also I don't need to know the news. I don't, I, I don't want right. to, I don't care about and that's- trials and, no, I'm with you. I, yeah, like like Johnny Depp and and the bed. Yeah, shooter. I don't. I don't, I don't care. Mean, I don't care. Yeah. But um, my but your phone kind of plays against that too because I haven't checked on Ukraine updates for months or whatever, mm-hmm. very long time. But every week it seems like like clockwork. I get an update on my phone. Oh, updates about Russia and Ukraine. I don't care. Like it's just telling. Yeah. I don't care. And you know, obviously, you just swipe right and it disappears. But. Yeah, it's, but, but that's what I mean. I just, you're, you're taking on you're taking on so much negativity all mm-hmm. all day like that. If you if you watch the news, ninety percent of the news is going to be negative. So yeah. you're not only during your daytime are you taking in the negativity of whatever whatever job you're doing or whatever assignment you're doing, and then on top of that, you're now going to take in the worst part of negativity that you can't control. If mm-hmm. I have to watch a video that happens to someone somewhere else and and some atrocity happens to them. It makes me feel bad because I don't work in that jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. I can't go after the guy who just cracked, you know, uh, an 80 year old person over the head in the subway. Like, I don't want to see that because I can't do anything about that. 
and I'm potentially going to see something like right, that. Right. BC's just saying, so, let me see my skateboarding videos and my punk rock shows. You got to watch this video of Miley Cyrus singing the Madonna song. Yes. Which it's one? Pretty, it's pretty great. Which, which Madonna song was it? Living um, on a Prayer, right? Or, no, that's Bob no, Joey. My bad. Like uh, a Virgin. Was it? Yeah. Like a Virgin? I don't know. There's I'm only trying like... to sing it in my head. I'm trying to remember what song it is. <laughs> Live to Tell is like the one Madonna song that I'll stop everything to listen to. The the soundtrack song. Like a prayer. Yeah. Oh, like a prayer. Like yeah. a prayer. Yeah, I, Live to Tell, I think is the name of the song, though. At Close Range soundtrack. Do y'all know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about or no? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Check, just check it out. It's what? Like <laughs> Madonna, right. like, to, I'm telling you, if that, like, you know, the, the running joke, like, if it comes on the radio, I won't turn it. Like, mm-hmm. that. that's a good song. I'll give it to Madonna there. Like, that song is good. And it's a great movie. But it's Christopher Walken. You check it Did out. You- did you say you had questions that people? Uh... I did. I did. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking up. I'm looking up Miley Cyrus now. Sorry, I'm looking up Miley Cyrus. I did. I did. So I just didn't want you to regret it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Having, having run, having, say, having, yeah. having, having, having facilitated some podcasts in my lifetime, I'm like, I know he's gonna be like, damn it. So not only did I, I actually post a thing that said, hey, give me questions. People actually gave me questions, which is is just pretty oh. remarkable for once. Um, yeah. so we'll we'll go through them real quick. Um, all right, so my buddy Mike from Connecticut, uh, who's the one that wants to know if BC's podcast will uh will give him some uh credits for continuing education, wants to know uh what is your favorite skate movie? And he also had a second question, is he the only one who likes good graffiti? Oh, okay. Uh so favorite s- says skate movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um would you mean like skate video? I was like about I was about to say I'll give you both. I'll give you both. Skate video would be Bones Brigade, Future Primitive. I kind of mentioned it earlier. To me, that's still my favorite. I know everybody loves Search for Animal Chin, but I'm a I'm a Future Primitive fan. And um, well, maybe some of the old flip side videos are good too, man. Uh and then what was the other part of the question? Uh do you like graffiti? Is he the only one that likes good graffiti? Oh, meaning like like positive, like like uh, Dave was talking about like art, like that. Yeah, type of probably. Yeah, that's why I yeah. think he meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm cool with that. Like, yeah, you can appreciate that as art. Uh, it, it's a little weird when it's like um scribbled forty three times on on a building, like just a, <laughs> a, a tag, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah, they just yeah. bomb. They bomb a whole block. Like that's that's not too cool. But but now that you know the trend a, a lot in cities is you know businesses will pay somebody to come in and paint mm-hmm. huge you know, pieces that like are, a, yeah. Like a graffiti mural. Like a graffiti. Yeah. Graffiti yeah. Mural. Yeah. Like actual graffiti artist. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like Ramo used to do on, on a uh, beach street. If you remember the yeah. movie, beach street. yeah. He used to bomb those trains. <laughs> right. like, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. badass. Yeah. All right. Dave, what was do you that, think? Yeah. My favorite skateboard video. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, any, anything that came out of the nineties, uh, virtual reality plan B probably. Okay. Okay. And uh, yes, I do like graffiti. I was gonna say you you do it. <laughs> and shameless plug: Dave made my graffiti sticker. Uh, it's on the merch store. Go check it out. Um, 
totally unwittingly too. I was just like, Hey Dave, I saw that you're picking up graffiti. Can you do this for me? And he's like, I <laughs> guess. And it looks good and it's sold. So we'll, we'll take it. Uh, okay. My buddy, my buddy canine Loki wants to know why is teenage bottle rocket such an underrated band? You want to take that one, Dave? I, I would, Personally. I don't, I, I have no idea. Are they underrated? I mean, I guess I, I look at it and I go like, I, for people that, that are into, uh, punk rock music i go like they're probably appropriately rated because mm-hmm. in in that i i don't know like i guess warp to all that stuff sort of came later yeah and so for these people to really get that kind of uh you know where you're stuck seeing a band like that because there's all these other bands that you go to see and you learn about bands like that i guess then you you get a little bit more pub and you grow and and, and but i think they're appropriately rated. yeah yeah i'm still one of those people that go like hey if there's something i really like i'd rather a lot of people not like it that's I'm still one of those gatekeepers when it comes yeah. to sure. some stuff like that. I, I, I'm, <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, I like that, but I'm the opposite. I, I am that person that's like almost like a drug dealer. Like, man, you got to hear mm-hmm. this. Yeah. You got to yeah. check this out. You know, people, to everybody, people, you just give it to everybody or just yeah. certain people that you no. know that are into. No, so I, I like, okay, so, no, so, I, so, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Say, go say, ahead. Teenage Bottle Rocket. Like, I like them and people. I've heard people say like, oh, they're, they're, they're like commercialized or they're just like making a mockery of punk. I don't take it that way. I just take it as like basically like people our age who are like, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. Power Peralta. I remember this or that or whatever. It's just like fun to listen to, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of yeah. like you, like, I, it, yeah, they probably are. I don't know that they're necessarily underrated, but it sounds like that person uh, was a canine Loki. I was like, yeah. They like the band a lot, and it's like, why can't everybody else understand? Right, right. So for me, like, they are. Yeah. When when I when I get in a mood and I really find a band that I really like, and every once in a while, Teenage Bottle Rocket's one of these ones that I don't listen to all the time. But when I'm in a Teenage Bottle Rocket mood, I will listen to only <laughs> right, all of it. And yeah. and then I'll tell people that I like, you know, people that I know that may right like people it. you like. Yeah, I'll say I'll say, hey, have you checked this out? Have you checked this out? Have you yeah. checked this out? And occasionally I'll post it like for the broad masses. And if they mm. don't, you know, if, it, if people don't message me and go, Whoa, what band was that? No skin mm. off my back. But if I right. show someone like BC, it's like, Hey, this is a band that, yeah. I just found that I'm digging right now. <laughs> yeah. And BC goes, yeah. nah, I don't care. I'm like, dude, you're missing it. Like this, But, but this I try is- to do it politely. I do try to do it p- politely. I, I yes. Never you did that be... the other day. And I appreciate yeah. that. And it I was won't the, do that. It was the first, <laughs> it was the first part of that song. I was like, Ooh, I like this. Right. But then and it kind of switched up. Yeah, yeah, and then I yeah. was like, ah, it kind of lost me there. But I always right, try to right. be respectful because I know how I am like with music. Like when I do that, if I say, check this out, and I've had people be like, that's stupid. Or, I'm like, man, you're stupid. Like, <laughs> man, we're like, man, you're you're hurt my pride. Like, that's not even my song. Right. Yeah, my yeah, 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 yeah. But no, when you're talking about songs, like, like when Pearl Jam 10 came out a long, long time ago, I bought the cassette tape, and I was like, whoa, like this is a little, a little different. It was, I was like in the New York hardcore, in like just straight punk hardcore. But when that record or that tape came out, I was telling everybody, go buy this tape. And if you don't like it, I'll buy it from you. I'll give you the exact amount of money you paid for it and I'll buy it from you. I do that with books. Yeah. Not with music. <laughs> right. yeah. I do do that. Yeah. Where I'm like, hey, I want you to have this book so bad. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't like it, I'll buy it back from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so K9 Loki has a second question. He said, did any of you have a Tony Hawk board growing up or was it just a pipe dream of every middle class 80s kid? <laughs> yeah, I probably, I probably had, I, I don't know that I had any, 
like new Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk decks, but I'm sure I, I traded for like, like BC was saying, like, I, I remember having a bunch of dog town decks, like yeah. older kid in the neighborhood, like six or seven decks <laughs> here, here, I, I got a new deck or we'd have a pile of them. If yours broke, I, I probably mm-hmm. have, have skated one uh, mm-hmm. here and there, but yeah, I never really cared for Tony Hawk as far as uh, he wasn't one of the people I was looking up to did yeah. something completely different than I did. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, be good. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so that is one of the things that like, like the last part of that question was like, where was that every middle-class kids, whatever dream, this is no disrespect to Tony Hawk or to that board or to the artist. It was never my thing. And I think it was like you said, like every kid seemed to have one and, and everyone was like, Oh, Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk. And to me, he was such a great, uh, half pipe skater. I didn't skate mm-hmm. half pipe. Right. So to me, it was kind of like, okay, cool. You know, or, or, or bones brigade were just like dominating, you know, back then when, when Tony Hawk boards were first coming out and sell and everybody was, you know, buying them. I was a big Caballero fan though, Steve Caballero. So mm-hmm. I had a, a cab, a mini cab, I think it was when that came out, but, uh, and then I had a Rodney Mullen <laughs> freestyle well, board and I didn't even skate freestyle. I was just like, there, I love, the there's board. a new, Tony Hawk documentary that just came out on Netflix this month mm. and it's actually it's really good um and it talks a lot about CTE and the fact that like these like how banged up these dudes are now oh, they're you know, in their mid yeah. 50s or whatever and you're like you would never even think about it cuz you're like oh they're not football players but dude these guys are taking hits way harder yeah like, they're falling I was they're watching... falling out of the sky yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah I was watching Rodney Mullen uh... I think uh, Rodney Mullen's like uh ankles and knees I think in in the Bones Brigade uh, re- recent documentary a couple of years ago, I think that was the one where he was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's almost like your like shock absorbers, your knees, your cartilage, yeah. everything's like gone. Yeah, yeah. That's I bad. saw. I was watching. I was on it. So, like, I kind of led off with the interview or the the conversation. Never got into skateboarding. I just don't have the coordination or the balance or anything for it. But my nephew is my my nephew's killing it i sent bc and i think dave i sent you a couple of videos mm-hmm. of him session out um so when he was getting into it i started watching old videos of like tony hawk and all of them because that's the name i knew you know but mm-hmm. i was watching his fails and i'm watching all of his burnouts and shit and i'm like whoa <laughs> like how's this dude still walking like this is, <laughs> yeah this is insane yeah so it is crazy thinking of them as like humans now, you know, now that they've moved mm-hmm. on to, to whatever mm-hmm. they're doing. So the next question comes from the sandbag queen. I, I've never talked to her before. So the first two, they were from regular listeners. So this one's a new one. Uh, top three punk bands. Yeah. Hey, real mm, quick. All before time. We, before we get into that sandbag queen, follow her, check her out. Like okay. pushes, pushes PMA, like pos- all positive videos. Nice. Basically working out with a sandbag, right? But she's got a she's got like a punk background. Nice, um, nice. So that's a, that's her, a BC supporter here. Nice. Yeah, See, yeah. That's she, what I'm talking about. Cool. Like I got people coming through that I've never talked to before, but because of yeah. units to back and your channel, your page, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So three punk top. Sorry, top three punk bands. Uh, off just off the top, like right this minute, right this second, my answer is going to be the Circle Jerks. Dead Kennedys and Naked Ray Gun. Oh, yeah. So same thing. Like right now, these three will change a month from now or whatever. Like, you, you <laughs> know, what after I mean? the conversation, you're going like, oh, to be like, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what we probably should have done was write them down. And then it's almost <laughs> like you flip it and go, yeah, basically. Like, I, I would say I, um, right now, Bad Brains, I'm still, I can't get enough of Bad Brains. Uh, so I'm still blasting Bad Brains. Um, right. This is not 
top of all time. But so you, you just say them. I did. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get in your own head. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So so bad brains, uh, minor threat, and um, H2O. So okay. if I'm just saying like right off the top of my head, but right. right now I've been listening to Charger, which is um the bassist from Rancid, Matt Freeman's mm-hmm. band. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to Charger, uh the Drowns ooh, on on Pirate Press, blasting them a lot, and um Rabbit Assault, still listening to them a lot, and then um Reckless Threat out of Tennessee. Okay. Newer bands, you know what I'm saying? Like so People hear us talk a lot of times like Dead Kennedy, Circle Jerks, which, mm-hmm. man, I, I'll blast Frank and Christ sometimes. I won't even get out of the car. I'm still <laughs> be playing like the CD, like it, you know, in a city vehicle. Like, I got to just keep listening to this. <laughs> I, I can't get out of the car. Uh, the the, the uh, homicide victim ain't going nowhere. I'll be with him in a minute. Let me finish this real quick. All right. Um, next one comes from this guy, Jake Jalapeno. He says, mm-hmm. two ex-skater punks in my academy class. We are an anomaly. Well, hopefully after you listen to this episode, Jake, you are not an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. We'll come out of their woodwork. That's what happened last time. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. The next one, Hardcore Buttercup. Uh, I think that I think she came from from you, Dave. Uh, what band? What bands do you never get sick of listening to? And then there's a second question, but we'll go with that one first. What bands did you never get sick of listening to? Uh, Pegboy, mm. Digits, Big Black. Um, Jesus Lizard, um, obviously Circle Jerk, Seven Seconds, uh, Gorilla Biscuits. <laughs> he's I'm gonna stop there. Them all, man. <laughs> I'm gonna stop there. Hey, hey, he's right. Descendants. I, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, I would say you can listen to Descendants any time of the day, uh-huh. and you're actually gonna have a better day when you do. Every time. Mm-hmm. Gorilla Biscuit. As a matter of fact, uh. Didn't I send you that Gorilla Biscuit? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that was on that was on yeah, the last yeah. episode. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So and, and Gorilla, so was Minor Threat because I figured I'd hit you on yeah. both ends of the episode. Yeah. Yes. So my minor threat definitely any time of day. Gorilla biscuits. Um I never get tired of Leeway's uh Born to Expire album. It's a it's a New York hardcore band. Still mm-hmm. love listening to that that album, like just from from beginning to end. Um you threw Peg Boy out there and Naked Reagan, like they. I don't think they get enough. No, talk about underrated. underrated. Definitely, like you. When, when I mentioned Naked Reagan, or like you, you had sent me the link like uh, a while back, maybe like last year, and I got a zip up hoodie and a couple shirts. Mm-hmm. I'll sit in a coffee shop typing, and and people always are like, they look for a minute, and I'll, oh, it's a band. It's I'm not a pervert uh-huh, or something. Uh-huh. It's Naked Reagan, <laughs> it's a band. <laughs> And yeah. then because people have, you know, a Google machine in their hand, it's like, oh, and I'll tell people like, check it out. Check, go ahead, put your headphones on and check it out. And then and people are like, oh, they get into it because it's not, it's not like thrash. It's not like hardcore. It is, mm-hmm. it's, that's art. That's like when you take mm-hmm. art and put it into music mm-hmm. and it's, oh, yeah, you got me. Yeah, you're naked Reagan. Definitely. Yeah, when I the biggest thing when you know I I bought my first bed religion shirt and I start wearing that around and I was living in a very conservative town, oh the stuff that I would get from yeah. walking around and and seeing this cross with an X through it, and and it got to the point where I didn't even like wearing it in public because I knew I was gonna get shit from one old lady or several old ladies. It was like it's a band, it's it's cool, like listen to them. I mean, 
grandma's not going to be listening to bad religion, but yeah. you know, still, well, I will I'm, tell you this. I, yeah, I saw bad religion two times last year. Never saw them before. Um, I, they're all right. You know, I liked them. I'd like a couple there's, you know, probably like five or six other songs. I really liked the rest of their stuff. I was like, oh, it's all right. The best live performing band I've ever seen. Mm. And I, and the bolt actually three times I saw them and all three times, uh, the best sound quality, the most like, uh, real to the, to the record. And just just a just a kick ass performance every time. So okay. I got to give it up to those guys. Nice. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've never I've never seen them live, but nope, they are to me. But bad religion to me is like reading a short story or reading a novel, because the songs, the lyrics are so. Yes. Like it's That's not I, just. I mean, get up and go kind of thing. Like you right. know, you're using four or five syllable words. You know, <laughs> which is weird because if you think like, about yeah. it, isn't there's there's a member of Bad Religion that's got his PhD. Right, Greg Graffin. Yep, yeah, and then you've got the lead singer of Descendants. He's got his PhD, mm-hmm. but they sound totally different on record. Like one sounds like, oh yeah, this. Guy also, the lead singer of the Offspring. Yeah, yep. I forgot uh, he's got one too. A, yeah. Um, but okay, so he's kind of more towards the Bad Religion side. His, especially his more recent lyrics, right. have kind of gotten a little bit more wordy and 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 deep. But obviously, you know, you go to Milo, and it's just like, you know, we're just having a good time out here. Nothing too crazy going on. But you got Bad Religion and like, wow, I could write my doctoral thesis on this, (laughs) (laughs) on one one track of this record. So it's just very interesting that um, I was was reading up on The Descendants the other day at work because I got bored and just reading about Milo and all that stuff. So uh, the second one uh, kind of goes back to the first one we're just talking about, but she asked bands you could listen to every single day. Which I guess that is the same thing as yeah, bands you never get sick of. So yeah, we'll, we'll skip yeah. that point. Um, this this one might be out of your guys' wheelhouse, but we're gonna try it out. Best song on Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, the soundtrack. Uh, this guy mm-hmm. said, "Alcohol" by Fiddler is my pick. <laughs> and I was looking this up look earlier. Up. Hold on, I'll, I'll read. I'm, I'm not even. Hey, I'm not even gonna look it up. I, the only song I can remember right now, off the top of my head, is Goldfinger. Is oh yeah, Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. That was like the main song, right? Yeah. But, yep. But yeah, they had Dead Kennedy's Police Truck, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that was the that was off. The they, had oh, hey, uh, they had fear. They had fear, didn't they? They had uh, uh, "Bring the Noise," the Anthrax, okay. and Public, uh, Enemy. Public Enemy. Uh-huh. You by Bad Religion. Mm-hmm. Um, Heavy Metal Winter by Consumed, Cyclone by Dub Pistols. I'm just gonna look this. Uh, me, uh, May 16 by Lagwagon. No cigar. By Melancholin, uh, Power Man Five Thousand, When Worlds Collide, mm. uh, Gorilla Radio, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. Swinging Utters, Five Lessons Learned. Oh, so, um, so mm. yeah, this is this is Pro Skater too. So I don't know that they had uh, that. That looks like all they had. Yeah, um, but Superman so they didn't have on, Goldfinger. That was on number one. <laughs> I think it's, I think on it's one. one. That yeah, was one. On Never mind. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Out of those right there, uh, I don't know. Power Man 5000, World's Clay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. I just, yeah. I'm going to go with Cyclone by Dub Pistols um, mm-hmm. because I remember being however old I was with my buddy and we were playing it and that song just slapped. Like it was just so good. And we put that on, like that was back, I think, when Napster was first a thing. And we're like, we need to get that song right now so we can play it 10 million <laughs> times today. And so that was. Start the download today. We'll have it by Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, what was the other song? What was the Rage song on there you said? Oh, Gorilla Radio. Radio. Yeah. yeah. Have, have y'all, just a side note real quick. Have you heard the the old Rage record or whatever that was all the cover songs? 
like mm-hmm. Renegades of Funk and yeah, Sting yes. Red and all that. Oh my God, dude. That Rage yes. album right there, no one ever talks about it. I'm like, that's one of the top 10 albums probably of that era. Like, uh, anyway, Google it, check it out. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, just for, just for everyone wondering, because I'm, I'm sure they're, they're wondering. Number one had Dead Kennedy's police truck, the Ernie's here and now, even rude. Where'd it go? Uh, even rude, vilified Goldfinger Superman, Primus. Jerry was a race car driver, speed eater, screamer, screamer, nothing to me. Suicidal tendencies, psycho vision, suicide machines, new girl, uh, unsane committed and the vandals <laughs> Euro barge. Dude, I'm wearing a suicide machine. I know. Right I now. saw that. I, <laughs> so I'll go with that. I'll go with suicide machines. Yeah. Peg boy. Was, right oh, there. you're wearing peg boy. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's a sweet one, dude. I was wearing <laughs> yesterday. I was wearing a descendant shirt. Should have wore it today. Um, all right. Next one. Um, from this guy, Steel Cloak. 90s vert skating exploded skateboarding into the mainstream. Okay. That was just a statement, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was oh, that, that, what was it? That what? 90s... 90s vert skating exploded skateboarding just making a point. into the yeah, mainstream. Yeah, 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 it did. Well, I remember in the 90s, uh, Danny Way, I want to say it's the late 90s, mm-hmm. he... Uh, he exited a helicopter with a skateboard onto a, a giant vert ramp. Like he dropped in from a helicopter and oh, landed yeah. on the ramp. Yeah. Like 25. Oh yeah. I think I saw that video in the air. Remember it yeah. was, a, I think it was in trans world. They had like sectioned yeah. out, like, cause it, it, it wasn't on film. So it was like, but yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> cause not like, like no one believed it. Like, nah, no, but now you have the footage, you can watch it. And I want to say oh, yeah. the first time he didn't land it. Right. He had to go back know. up. Yeah, maybe I, I could remember. be wrong. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And uh, here we are going off a little launch ramp thinking we're somebody yeah. <laughs> out of a helicopter. All right. So we've got this guy, Zach Gustafson. Gustafson? I don't know. Uh, I skated for 10 years and was trying to go pro before I got into law enforcement. So he's one of the tribe. He's one of the mm-hmm, tribe. Here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we have Gabe Watt. Uh, which is better deck art? 80s Santa Cruz or 90s toy machine? Wow, they're two different things, but I would go with eighty Santa Cruz because I just I I, I like all that that big, colorful, uh, you know I, I they're not simplistic. I think there's I, I like the eighty Santa Cruz stuff, very bubbly, mm-hmm. high, vibrant colors. Yeah, I, I'll say the same thing. Eighties uh, Santa Cruz, and I'm and I'm actually trying to remember certain models. Uh, but yeah, I'd say I'd say eighty Santa Cruz. Okay. Uh, the next one for- that Jeff Kendall pumpkin head. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, nuclear from- bomb. <laughs> that damn goat. That's the name of the the person. Best reactions when co- best reactions when you comment on punk shirts that people wear while on duty. So you're on duty. You see someone with a punk shirt. What's the best reaction when you comment on it? <laughs> the best reaction, like my, what do I say to people, or what do are you know, do people get yeah. kind of oh, what do they flustered like, when the popo oh are like, hey, that's, a, that's a dope shirt. Yeah. I, I don't have I don't have enough in my uh, in my storage bank. It hasn't happened to me. Uh-huh. Uh, to, oh. Like, I guess at the skate park, if I go to the skate park in town, uh-huh. uh, you might see some kids or whatever. But then, you know, people will be I'll be like, oh, I used to skate. And they'll be like, hey, here you go. Mm-hmm. Your skate. And uh-huh. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I, so I stay away. I said, used to. I used to. <laughs> yeah. Right. That damn goat's good people, man, by the okay. way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I've, I do have a quick story where uh, one of the first, not first, but early on in training, car stop. I'm trying to work on like 
getting consent and figuring all that out. And my training officers let me, you know, uh, go through it, get everybody out of the car. Everybody sits on the curb. I start picking up those indicators of, you know, punk rock kids and we're in uniform, like a standard uniform, search the vehicle, get, come back over there. And of course there's nothing in there. Train officers looking at me like you're wasting our time. I was just trying to figure out how to do this stuff. But I come back out and I'm like, Hey, I didn't find it. Like, kind of being like stern you know they're just like sir sir i was like yeah i just searched that car and i didn't find it and they're like what and i was like the new rancid cd y'all don't have it in there they had like, <laughs> they had like you know like green day and, and blink yeah. 182 like all these like pop punk or whatever and then we just sat there and talked about the 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 recent rancid al- uh, album or cd at the time of course my training officer is just like what are you doing like, i'm like <laughs> man i'm having a blast like this is this is fun like we just talked about music and yeah they love didn't to know, see like, the dor on that What's that? I would have loved to have seen your DOR specific <laughs> yeah, to that oh, traffic stop. <laughs> yeah, they were like. Interpersonal relationship five. <laughs> yeah, they were like. I, I did it again. I think I told the story last time about a kid with a germs T-shirt. I made him unzip his shirt. And there's like 25 kids out there. And I was like, hey, what do you know about the germs? Go. You know, and he's just like, oh, 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 oh. You know, like, you know the germs? I was like, oh, y'all sit down. We're going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to have story time. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting there watching like 25 people sitting on a curb anyway. It's like, yeah, let's talk about music. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. I, um, I came across like one, a couple of people, you know, who were openly punk in my old jurisdiction. It wasn't very common to come across. And every once in a while, I'd be like, you know, we'll sit down and chat. But it wasn't remarkable enough to to have a story i just remember oh this one guy that i had to trespass from this hotel yeah he said he was playing in a punk band that was about it <laughs> or like right, right. the one time like kids got uh called on for skating in the neighborhood i'm like really like i'm not i'm not down to do that so i like literally rolled up i'm like listen guys i'm not i'm not trying to bust up your time at all just don't do it mm-hmm. right here go find someplace else but not right here and they're like all right, cool. And then they went off. I was like, I don't, you know, like there's one thing about being the man and there's other about being an asshole. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we can work with this. Um, And then the last one is just somebody commenting uh, screamo cops and their hot topic phases. And a a laugh and a laugh emoji. Um, Oh, is that supposed to be like us that we're the screamo? No, I think they're talking about like probably the new wave of, uh, mm. cops who are quote unquote punk. That Everybody actually- that I know, every, all the guys I work with, I would say that uh, they all listen to only country music. So <laughs> now it's, uh, yeah, it's like, and especially I get angry. if you've listened to me on my podcast, talk about like, I went to a country show with my wife um, and the, the guy, if Luke, Luke Bryan or uh, Brian, I don't know yeah. what the fuck this guy's name is. Anyway, he wasn't even wearing a cowboy hat. The guy had a baseball hat on. And I was like, this is a ripoff, bro. I want a cowboy hat. I want a, but I want a cowboy hat, that, line dancing. The the following year I saw that's when I saw Luke Combs. Never heard of him. And we went there and I was he's playing at the county fair. So I guess he had already broke, but he had already made a commitment to play the county fair. So I guess he had to go through with it. And I'd never even heard one of his songs before. And I I literally was like, this is going to suck. I saw his picture as I was walking in. I was like, look at this turd. Like, <laughs> this is going to be awful. But it, it, one of the most amazing musical performances I've ever seen. I walked out of there, bought a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that was, Love uh, Luke Combs. A guy <laughs> I worked with, that was his take on Zach Brown. When, uh, before yeah. he hit the big time, mm-hmm. played at uh, one of the concert places where I used to work. 
And he's like, I don't know who it is, but I got a discount ticket off a of Groupon or whatever. So I'm gonna go check it out. And I think the next year is when he won a Grammy. So like, you know, mm-hmm. and he was, he was, he was sold on him. Talent is talent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That, that's like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. A lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, I kept I like hearing that. the name and I'm like, I need to check this out. <clears throat> and a buddy of mine, he's like, <clears throat> and the funny thing is he and I are going to have a podcast coming up pretty soon on, um, failure to stop. It's like an existing podcast. We've got a Wednesday show mm-hmm. that we're going to start hosting in a couple of weeks, but music fans, all that we've worked gang units and stuff, but he's the one that was like, you got to hear Chris Stapleton. Cause he knows like, I love punk, but I also love like old soul. I love old, old country, you know, storytelling mm-hmm. type country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he put me on that Chris Stapleton, man. And I was like, Ooh, another one's like the Marcus King band. They're not necessarily country, mm-hmm. but anybody out there likes music, check out Marcus King band. It's like, if you took, the Allman Brothers and old Chicago and kind of just like merged it into a, of like a group of like, I say younger, I guess they're maybe like in their late twenties, early thirties, but Marcus King band. Fucking okay. Amazing. Anyway, nice. go ahead. I digress. Um, no, I, I mean, when we're talking about like other types of music, not punk, like I said earlier, I've been watching hip hop evolution and they talk about in New York city, like when hip hop was coming up, the only places where they could play hip hop were the punk clubs. Like mm-hmm. they weren't, they weren't getting much reception in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Harlem. But when they went to Manhattan and they went to all these different punk clubs, that's where they found roots. Like that's where they were able to play mm-hmm. and not have issues. And they're like, you know what? Some of the most open-minded people were the punk kids. Like they were the ones mm-hmm. that were listening to what we do. Well, which and is then- funny because, those people had to find, you know, their venues they were using were strip clubs and gay bars yeah. and Chinese food restaurants and, you know, uh, very um, untraditional places. Right, for them right. And, like, so. and like uh, grocery stores and stuff like that, right. like wherever they could play. So, VFW halls. Yeah. And, and that that <laughs> carried on. I remember playing my own VFW halls. We played. Um, How did we? We played. Uh, KFC. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Did you say KFC? No, K of C. Like oh, the oh, oh, I thought you said KFC. I'm like, I don't oh, think we played that. that. Dude, we, yeah, we played, KFC. We played some uh, pop-up shows, but never at a KFC. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see that meme? It's like, what the fuck is up, Denny's? Like, <laughs> so that made me think of. Um, yeah, or we played. We played once at the in the basement of a Jewish synagogue. Right, synagogue mm-hmm. is that the right? I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to well. misappropriate. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember that was that was one. Uh, our lead singer lost a tooth. Like that was a pretty good show. That was got hit in the head with a with a trombone, just thrashing with a so, trombone. So before before you move on from the hip hop thing, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure LL Cool J, like when he first broke, like on the scene, not on the scene, but like started getting some notoriety and playing shows, he opened for the Clash. Am I right oh. on that? I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know I, I'm almost know. positive. He was like 19 years old. Oh. And LL Cool J is like the model for the side-by-side, the old hardcore band, the mm-hmm. silhouette of mm-hmm. the dude's oh, like yeah? guy's arms with his fingers up. That's LL Cool J, like 19 years oh, old. Oh, okay. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, LL. If you if you want to go look up uh, some an old school – well, I haven't gotten to the end. I can't I can't tell you what how it's going to progress. But the first season of Hip Hop Evolution is really cool, talking about like – 70s and 80s where hip-hop got its roots it's pretty cool um it's on netflix all right so now these are my questions these are the ones i came up with over the week um some of them were influenced by some of the ones that i got um this one i got earlier in the week what's the best track one side one in existence oh shit of all music no no punk punk specific right yeah yeah 
Oh. I don't know. This is definitely not the best. Well, uh, I like the uh, descendant. Or excuse me, uh, Dead Kennedy's uh, government flu. But uh, for some reasons, and I don't. I'm. I gotta say, uh, linoleum. Uh, the no effects. Okay. For some reason, that that sticks out in my head as of right this second. <laughs> That's a tough one, yeah. only because I'm trying to like think of side one, track one. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, this came from mm. uh, this came from your boy, PC. Yeah, yeah. He that's asked me during one. A, during one of my ask me anything's, and I was like, oh, that's a good one. I gotta ask the guys this. So. Yeah, I'm not good with knowing like song titles in a row like that. I'm trying to right. think like when I would put a tape on or something, or when I would <laughs> put the needle on the record. And I think like Gorilla Biscuits would be one of those. Like I'm almost positive that that trumpet sound. Mm-hmm. Comes to mm-hmm. first first song I'm thinking. Oddly of. enough, the guy that asked me that was your buddy uh, Roger Biscuit. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> so it's funny yeah. that you said that. That's a good question, man. That's a, that's yeah. That well, did know some music too. Yeah, man. we'll try to circle back when I when I got it on my Ask Me Anything. I was I was going through all the records and I was like thinking of like the bands I like and like what what were like their best albums and what was the first track on that album i was like ah they didn't really kick it up until about track 3 in that album mm. so uh, it's it's a <laughs> yeah. it's a good question everyone think about one. that get back to us um unsung uh, helmet ooh uh, yeah hey they don't get enough fucking play either no, man no. helmet i might listen to some of that shit tonight <laughs> ooh that's um, good what what band would you want to see play live in their prime that you never have? That's the best question mm. in the world right there. Oh, oh best okay, so the band in their prime. Yeah. And that we've that like we've never seen. Correct. Yeah, I got you, I got you. Ooh. Oh man. Dead Kennedys. I figured you were gonna say yeah, that, that one. Is, that yeah. Is, that is a good one. I've but, seen everybody else almost, I think, that I've wanted to see. Oh. I, man, I'm gonna. I, I didn't. I never got to see Gorilla Biscuits. I would love to see Gorilla Biscuits uh, or Seven Seconds, but for the sheer energy, I would want to see Crow Mags when Age of Coral dropped and see mm. them because I, I haven't seen them. I've let me back up. I've seen them live. Never mind. Let's go, let's go with. Mm. Um, mm. Man, I'm gonna go with Suicidal Tendencies. Okay. Like, nice. like back then, just because the stories of how crazy the pits were and like uh-huh. gang members showing up. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I, I'll go with that. Real, real cool. danger in the pit. Now, one band I haven't seen yet is Rancid. I have never seen a Rancid mm. show. And I've, I've been listening to them since their first take came out, like 1993. And every mm. time I miss them. But anyway. Okay. Uh, what was your first concert? Little River Band. Damn! Oh, oh, we're going with any concert or yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit, dude! Mine was uh, Sha Na Na. I don't know if you remember that show or not, but a long time ago. Okay, it was Sha Na Na, and I think Sam and Dave were actually the the guest musicians, and I was probably three or four years old. I can barely remember it. Nice, nice. Mine was I think it was probably six or seven. My parents went to this like rock and roll review or something and like we're talking bands from like the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. old men you know doing their doo-wop thing and uh the who was the headliner i know one of the headliners was the dell vikings which i don't even know okay if, yeah. i know yeah mm-hmm. um i remember my parents bought 
a compilation CD that night. It was it was a two two track or two two disc set, and I would listen to it. It was like Bill Haley and the Comets. It was mm-hmm. um, the Four Seasons. We were talking like quintessential rock and roll, and that was the first yeah. CD. And I would listen to it nonstop. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, we're talking like stuff that. I listen to now and people tease me about, and I listen to like when I was in high school too, but it's like good music. And I want to say like, you know, think about my music taste taste now, Sky and all that stuff. Like they all had horns. They all had that like upbeat and mm-hmm. things like that. I'm like, this, <clears throat> yeah. this paved the way right here. You know what I mean? Um, B- Billy Stewart, just write down Billy Stewart. If you want to hear an old, older band or older musician that when you hear it, you're like, this was like, your ear will listen to something before Scott Billy Stewart. Check it out. It's good, man. All right. We've got two questions, two more questions and we're out of here. Uh, <laughs> what is your dream concert? Three bands. You answer that first. It's gonna oh, take me a minute. I, I want to see the little river band. I'm not, I'm not going to. I love the little river band. I would love to see. Okay. Little river band, Chicago, uh, and, uh, and the drifters or something, but like, yeah. I mean, and if we're if we're going off of punk, because uh, I've been naming a lot of bands, but yeah, probably um, Big Black, the Jesus Lizard. Never seen either, mm. and um, uh, I don't know. Throw somebody else in there. Interesting. Do you like Blast? Uh, Do you remember Blast? Mm-mm. Oh shit! Yeah, Blast. Uh, Blast was good. I'll just, I'll just, I'm just going to pick somebody else uh, from the Chicago scene, uh, the uh, effigies. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Last question of the night. Who was your last concert and describe it in three words? Circle jerks, seven seconds and negative approach. And how many words? Three. <laughs> A lot of. I'm going to go with four. A lot of old guys. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I might have been the youngest person there. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this while BC's thinking. When I was doing my research on The Descendants and I realized that Milo's pushing 60, I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. That's still singing about farting in his van. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think my last one was because uh, I missed out Circle Jerks and all that. Uh, um, agnostic Front and Slapshot. Mm-hmm. And three words. I mean, the the show was absolutely incredible. I mean, those dudes are late 50s, early 60s, and they, they threw down. It's like 16. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> the three words would be like, I don't know. Uh, it, dude got choke slammed through the merchandise. <laughs> hey, <walk in. laughs> He was wearing a screwdriver shirt, you know, mm-hmm. and he got yoked up and boom. I don't know how to put that in three words. That's but all right. We'll, we'll take it. It was it like the was old, good. It was like it the was old days, like, boom. Yeah. Three words. Holy <laughs> and shit. That's yeah, yeah, three yeah. words. Yeah. All right. Guys, we're going to wrap it up once again. Thank you very much to the punk rock uh, cops. We got Dave. We got BC. Uh, thanks a lot for hanging out, guys. All right. Talk I enjoyed it, man. Appreciate it. All right. We're out of here, guys. I'll be right back later. Still that from Dave. Wild in the streets. 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 Wild in
that's the episode folks i uh, really hope you guys enjoyed it uh, a lot more to do with the culture of punk rock than just the straight music this time and uh personally i, I really enjoyed it i enjoyed hearing uh dave and bc's takes on the the lifestyle of punk rock like i said i, I wasn't really part of that and um so to hear it come from those guys you know firsthand retelling i think i think it was cool i really do and hopefully you guys enjoyed it too if you guys were you know part of that scene if you guys got bands you want to name drop or whatever give me give me a shout uh i'd love to to put it on a a later episode uh if we end up doing punk rocks three (laughs) punk rock cops three for some reason i can't say that on the first take um or something, or maybe just in a later episode, we'll, we'll run the, the voicemail through or something. So if you guys want to uh, chat or you want to, you know, say, hey, man, you guys forgot to talk about this band, hit me up. Uh, there is a voicemail number, but um, whatever, we can we can work on that later. So just an idea. If you guys want to check out some of the bands that we talked about, we do have a Spotify playlist with those bands. It is um, on Spotify. Look up Punk Rock Cops. And it should come up, and it's uh, me and Dave. BC doesn't have Spotify, so me and Dave uh, kind of went through and filled in some stuff. It's good listen, you know, uh, just stuff that you may not listen to or maybe stuff that you forgot that you listened to back in the day or or something somewhere in the between. So check it out, guys. Uh, lots of good stuff. We got uh, next week, the episode is going to be with Sean Grogan of Street Cop Training. We're going to talk about body language and uh, how understanding body language can keep you safe we have merch in the store 10-8-memes.ecwid.com please rate review subscribe and share my show with all your buddies get everybody listening i wanted this to be one of the the best police podcasts out there uh we've got hell of a competition with uh the poorly made police memes podcast failure to stop and of course the street cop podcast whatever as long as i'm somewhere up on that mount rushmore that's pretty cool um but yeah, if you guys could spread it around, word of mouth, uh, I'd really appreciate it. Spread it like herpes. I mean, wildfire, something like that. Anyway, that concludes the episode for today. The music for this week is going to be in the description. I've been pretty lax on that uh, past few weeks. I've, I haven't really put out what the music is. And I apologize, but if you ever want to know, just hit me up and I'll tell you. Again, we're on Instagram at 108 underscore memes. We're on Facebook, 108 memes. And we are now on Twitter, 108 underscore ENT and uh, hit me up. Happy to talk to you guys at all times until next week. Friends, take care of each other. Stay safe. 10, eight out.